G'day mate, um, I'm so excited <laughs> to bring you this podcast episode today. I knew you were going to go there, <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were, I always wonder now every week, like where's he going to go with this? But... I look up new intros every every yeah. week. Yeah. You, we had to go Brit though, I mean, with you know, Ashworth on today. You know, I mean, all the lovely gents and ladies out there, they're going to love this one. We got Mark Ashworth from yeah. Stargirl Sir coming on the Justin show. Sir Justin himself, the Shining Knight. Yes. How awesome is that? We have a literal like knight in shining armor exactly. on the show. Exactly, on awesome. the freaking podcast. Yes, it's absolutely <laughs> insane, guys. But I mean, this guy has been in so much more. Um, My Nine, that's on Netflix, and our buddy Clint James was in that one as yep, well. He's yep. got some good stuff to talk about with yep. that. And I mean, we went to the Los Angeles premiere of that one, and that's a great film. Yeah, it's such an intense ride, literally Seriously. down into the mine, you know? Yeah. Plus, the experience of being on Doom Patrol and mm-hmm. that amazing, twisted, crazy set. He talks all about that and just like so much good stuff, man. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Well, that's later on in the show. Now. Let's get a little crazy. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. I hope everybody is ready to get a little crazy. Always. Always. Episode 123 this week, and you know your host with the most, myself, J-Lo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouth. What's up? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. A lot to talk about, guys. so much. Uh, A big portion of the industry news this week is the Emmys. Yep. And they finally announced how they're going to do the (laughs) Emmys. Like, everybody was all up in the air. No one knew. It's true. It's true. to nobody's surprise, I bet you can figure it out before we even talk about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> right? Like, like, it's it's going to be a fun one, man. It's going to be a fun one. Of course, you guys know we're talking Disney, Warner Media, Netflix, all the biggies, all the biggies, the same like we do every week. But they always have new news coming out. But it's, it's just, true. It's good shit. It's, true. it's good shit. But you know, before we get this thing started, be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. You see the shirts. You see the hats here. If you're watching the YouTube video and those who are listening on podcast platforms be sure to go back and listen to it on youtube and watch it on youtube that's right you can see our official crazy ant media logo on a shirt man they just look so damn good they do i'm honestly so proud of them we're like 20 designs in so multiple different designs to pick from and we got something for everybody yeah people are picking them up too man we've seen a nice little uptick in sales and you guys are like buying onto the merchandise and everything so we really appreciate that yes and uh before we get any further i would like to take a moment though just to acknowledge because I want everybody to, to, to know the amount of work that this guy puts in every week mm. in all of this stuff. You know, I mean, I don't think that people realize, so I'm going to just take the time. On top of the podcast, you know, he's also the president of the company, and he puts in, like, nonstop effort on the four projects that we have in development with the company, okay? He, like so many of us in this industry right now, has to do a day job, and he's busting his ass at the day job. He's in a full-time relationship, which is should consume all that time, but you know. So he's got all that going on and yet never misses a beat to be on top of everything that's going on and get shit done. And so I just want to take a minute to acknowledge the work that is put in by Logan and, you know, and, and just y'all give him the props because there's a reason why he's running the company as the president and doing the shit that he does. He's worked his way up. We talk about all the time up-and-comers getting a chance and, and getting the responsibility and everything and he's the epitome of an up-and-comer that got into the company worked his way up and now is just killing it so there you go well i appreciate you bro and jason 
appreciate it. Huge shout out yes. for the rundown again this week. The industry news guys, Jason, our buddy Jason, is producing that shit, been putting it all together. It. He's really killing been killing it. it. So. Like we appreciate everything. Everybody who's a part of the company is doing, especially yourself. I mean, you know, you're rocking and rolling too. Yeah, you know, you know, I do what I can. I mean, <laughs> you, you know. <laughs> okay, now it's time to get sad. Yeah, at least you guys know from the at the top of the show, we got to knock out the sad stuff and the bad stuff first. <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to disgrace a legend here. No. So okay, this was literally like one of the last living icons from the golden age of Hollywood, yeah. Olivia de Havilland. Been in the news a lot with the whole feud thing, you know, uh, with the, the FX show and, you know, literally all this kind of stuff. But, mm. you know, Oscar winner, Gone with the Wind star, um, just an incredible actress for such a long time, 104 years old. <sighs> Finally passed away, natural causes, but huge loss. She was at her residence in Paris and uh, passed away this past Sunday. So just, yeah, we wanted to mention that because, I mean, like I said, golden age Yeah, of Hollywood she lived man. an it's amazing like, life. And what I've heard is she was uh, behind, or at least a part of, the trying to get the studio system away from yes. signing actors for the contract day players and things like that's that right. so that they could branch out and do other things for the studios that is correct so one of the main proponents of, of busting that contract player up so. exactly exactly a huge loss in hollywood everyone's always going to remember her and she's always going to live on because of her pictures that's it and and switching now we going from legend of film legend of television yeah, we man. lost rege mm. oh rege yeah. tuna uh you know i <laughs> yeah. mean you love him just regis uh, who wants to be a millionaire live with regis and kathy lee and just like this guy holds the record for the most on air screen time in television history yeah like um law natural causes again yeah. it, w- it was heart failure but from natural causes uh you know um in his what 80 88 so just shy of his 89th birthday so significant loss there two icons filming yeah television. he was he was one that people always tuned in to watch to see the personality him and like dick clark they were like these two pair that freaking like Everybody just wanted to see what they had to say because yeah. they were so personable. They had so much personality. I mean, so it, it's a loss. I'm guessing that when you – basketball games, football all of the sporting events at Notre Dame this year are going to be doing yeah. tributes. Yeah. He was by far their biggest fan. Yeah. You know, Wasn't an episode of Regis and Kathy Lee. He did not mention I the believe, fighting Irish I believe man. he is going to um, get buried at Notre Dame. Though. So there you go. So that makes sense. Pretty awesome, man. It's pretty awesome. But now let, let's let's shake that off. Let's – Ah, feeling good. Feeling good. That's right. Now, Emmy nominees. Dude, fucking Netflix. What? <laughs> Breaking records I, over here. You know, we're always posting that little graphic of Mickey and Netflix, right? In the boxing ring yeah, and shit. Yeah, bang, bang. But lately with the Emmys, it's been HBO and Netflix. Yeah. It's like, whatever you can do, we can do better. Exactly. And it just goes back and forth each year, right? Which is great to see because, I mean, not to cut you off, but, but no, it's yeah. great to see because Netflix modeled their platform after HBO. Right. I so. mean, I, I mean to be honest, exactly. But this year, H- Netflix took back it, the title. Yes. They now hold the record off. Uh, for the most nominations in a single year, mm. 160 Emmy nominations <laughs> That's this year. Insane. HBO <laughs> held the record uh, well, last year with 137. Oof. Year before that, it was Netflix. They did. They, they <laughs> They're going but at it. 160. Um, the most nominated series was HBO's Watchmen. Woo, woo. I heard that one's yes. really good. DC. All right, comic book stuff, man. I love it. Uh, that 26 nominations. Yeah, buddy. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, that's that's a given. Oh, yeah. Netflix's Ozark uh, with um, 20, Succession at 18, Disney Plus's Mandalorian, uh, NBC Saturday Night Live, and Pop TV. <laughs> 
Right? Well, like, <laughs> Shit's Creek, <laughs> 15 nominated. Here's the surprising one, guys. Get this. Here's the surprising <laughs> And we'll get into it because we're going to name all the nominees for you. But Quibi. Oof. What? Yes, it's still kicking at the moment. Still kicking. Still and it on. might kick a little longer now because it got 10 nominations. It's very surprising. Very surprising. I mean, when we read that, we were like, what the fuck? Quibi? Yeah. Quibi? Yeah. Short form television, guys. Yeah. That's how they qualified and they got in, so. Kudos. <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> I mean, I hope they figure something out because obviously, at least to the Television Academy, they are doing something right. It's true. So, it's true. I mean, but let's get into this thing. Let's get into this you thing. You want me to start drama because you're the comedy guy? Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> all right. Best drama series. Let me let me get up close by my spectacles. We don't want to mess these people up. We all know. Best drama series. Better Call Saul from AMC. The Crown from Netflix, Handsmaid's Tale from Hulu, Killing Eve, BBC America, The Mandalorian, woohoo, that's Ooh, who we're boy. pulling for, Disney Plus, Ozark for Netflix, Stranger Things for Netflix, and Succession from HBO. That's a tough one, man. It's oh, going to be a crazy year. Like I, we tweeted about it, it's going to be a crazy year. I like all them, but I'm really pulling for The Mandalorian. Yeah, same here, same here. Now, best comedy series goes to Curb Your Enthusiasm from HBO. Dead to Me from Netflix. We're going to have somebody from Dead to Me yes, come on the show. excited anyway. about that one. Tease that a little bit. Uh, the Good Place, NBC, Insecure, HBO, and The Kaminsky Method on Netflix. Marvelous Miss Maisel, obviously, on Amazon. That yep. one's been fucking killing it. Shit's Creek on Pop. And What We Do in the Shadows on mm, FX. Yes. Man, another talk. I bet Miss Maisel, though, I mean, it just seems like she keeps kicking ass, Yeah, right? and I mean, uh, Fleabag's not in this one. <laughs> So <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, you what? Know. What happened there, right? Uh, best limited series, Little Fires Everywhere, Hulu, mm. Reese Witherspoon. That with everybody. Yeah. That one that has everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Not nominated though. No, uh, no. We'll uh, talk about that. I know. Man, we'll talk about it. <laughs> Mrs. America, FX on Hulu. Um, Unbelievable, Netflix, Unorthodox, Netflix, and Watchmen, HBO. See, I didn't know that was a limited series. That kind of sucks. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was going to keep going forward. No, and now they're, 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 they want a season two, but he seems like he's not interested in doing a season mm. two, so I don't mm. know. Well, I, don't know. I mean, at least that'd be easy for me to catch up. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> now to the best actor in a drama series category. We got Jason Bateman from Ozark. Yes. Uh, Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us. Steve Carell, The Morning Show. That's who I'm pulling for. I'm just going to say it right now. There you go. Um, Brian Cox from Succession, uh, Billy Porter from Pose, and Jeremy Strong from Succession. Yes. Um, Sterling K is an institution now at the right. Emmys for nominations every year. Um, Give so. Justin Hartley or like that's, that's somebody. Saying, Milo. Man. Milo's really There's, underrated. There are other guys on that show that are just as good as Sterling, okay? We love Sterling, but there are other guys on the show too. Just saying. Just saying. And Susan. What about his wife? Right? He's nominated every year. His wife is not. What the fuck? Doesn't make sense. Come on, Emmys. Best actress in the drama series. You'll notice Susan Kaleshiwan's not on there. <laughs> um, Jennifer Aniston, The Morning Show. Whoop, whoop. I think we all know who we want. Oh, yeah. Olivia Coleman, The Crown. Jodie Cormier, uh, Killing Eve. Laura Linney, Ozark. Sandra Oh, Killing Eve. Zendaya. Boom, boom. Zendaya for Euphoria. She was I would hype. be fine if that one won. She was really excited. So excited and well-deserved. That show is kick Ass, it's if crazy. You guys haven't seen it, man. Pumped for her to get the nomination. Definitely, definitely. Now going over to the best actor in a comedy series uh, goes to uh, well, the nominees. Not go to. I That's wish right. we could announce those <laughs> one day. We'll be announcing. Just call the us up. We'll be doing it. Exactly. Uh, Anthony Anderson from Blackish. Don Cheadle, Black Monday. Uh, Ted Danson from The Good Place. Michael Douglas, The Kaminsky Method. Eugene Levy from Schitt's Creek. And Rami Yosef from a. 
Rami. Yes. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah. That's, man, that's a tough category. Hopefully going to get him on the show as well. I mean, we've been back and forth with some people. So who that's knows, right. guys? Who always knows? Always working. Like we said at the top of the show, always working. Best Actress in a Comedy Series, Christina Applegate, Dead to Me, mm. Rachel Brosnan from uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Linda Cardellini, Dead to Me, Catherine O'Hara, Schitt's Creek, Issa Rae, Insecure, who we've got a lot of news about Issa Rae this week. Yeah. Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross from Blackish. I'm pulling for Linda Cardellini. Yeah. Always been a huge fan of Linda Cardellini. I've liked her for a long time. I, see, I'm, I'm see hoping. they did it right. They did it right in this one. Linda Cardellini and Christina Applegate. Exactly. Because they're pairs. Exactly. Well, they did it for Killing Eve, too. Exactly. With Joey Cormier and, and Sandra Oh. It's like, how do you not? Where is Reese Witherspoon Where for is the morning Reese Witherspoon? show? Just saying. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, now, going over to Best Actor in a Limited Series or Television Movie, uh, Jeremy Irons from mm. Watchmen, yep. Hugh Jackman, Bad Education. Paul Mescal from Normal People, Jeremy Pope from Hollywood, and Mark Ruffalo. I know this. I know this much is true. I, dude, it, I I really like Jeremy Pope. I really like Jeremy Pope. We've got news for him coming up in the show too. Yeah. Um, I would be happy if he won, but there's no way in hell I can say who. Who? who I, I Hugh Jackman. I, of All the way, Hugh Jackman. Okay. He's the greatest showman, for God's sake. Exactly. And bad education with exactly. Allison James. Well, you, ra- you rag on me, bro, because of my man crush. But you admitted on the show that this is your man crush. He so is my fine. man crush. It's, it's fine. fine. I mean, sh- he's the best there is at what he does. <laughs> Ever. You get it? You get that, Hugh? You got that. Okay. All right. <laughs> Come on the show. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best actress in a limited series or television movie, Kate Blanchett from Mrs. America. Mm. Shira Haas for Unorthodox. Regina King for Watchmen. Octavia Spencer for Self Made, Carrie Washington for Little Fires Everywhere. Whoo! Yeah, that is a tough category right Dude, there. Dude, like I'm, I'm telling mm. you, this is gonna be a really tough year for the Emmys, man. Like, yeah, it is. I, I have no idea. Uh, best Supporting Actor in a Drama Series, uh, Gianna Carlo Espieto, uh, Better Call Saul, yes. and I'm, that's what it's for. But you know him from The Mandalorian as well, and Breaking Bad, and everything like that. Uh, Bradley Whitford from The Handmaid's Tale, yes. Billy. Uh, Cut up uh, from the morning show. Mark Duplass from the morning show. I hope he wins this one. Fucking, uh, you got both of them in there for the morning show. Yeah. Where is Reith? Exactly. <laughs> I'm just gonna. We're gonna keep on that. Man. Nicholas Braun from Succession. Karan or Colin uh, from Succession. Matthew Mc. McFadden, Mc- uh, yeah, McFadden, sure. yeah. uh, Succession, and Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. Yeah, I- I'm super pumped for Kieran Culkin. He's just like surpassed his brother and like kicking ass. Right? Yeah, like I mean, uh, yeah, I'm with you though, Mark Duplass or even Billy Crudup. Either one from the morning show would be badass. Yeah, I mean, agree. That'd, that'd be pretty epic. Uh, best supporting actress in a drama series: Laura Dern, Big Little Lies; Meryl Streep, Big Little Lies. Helena Bonham Carter, The Crown, Samira Wiley for The Handsmaid's Tale, Fiona Shaw for Killing Eve, Julia Garner for Ozark, Sarah Snook for Succession, and Fandy Newton for Westworld. Come on, Fandy Newton. Right. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. I'm rooting for Fandy. Give it to her. Give it to her. But I'm happy that Westworld is getting the recognition it deserves. Yes, Jeffrey Wright and Fandy. To be honest, yeah. Uh, Now going over to Best Supporting Actor in a Comedy Series. Andre Brower yep. uh, from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, William Jackson Harper from The Good Place, Alan Arkin from The Kaminsky Method, Sterling K. Brown from Marvelous Miss Maisel, which is surprising to me. Honestly, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> the man is just, I tell you, he's an institution at the Emmys now. That's yeah. all there is. I mean, Tony Shahoub? Shah- Shahoub? 
from The Marvelous Miss Maisel, Michelle Ali from Rami, Keenan Thompson, Saturday Night Live, and Daniel Levy mm. from Shit's Creek. That's another tough one. I know, man. I So many notables. I know. Best Supporting Actress in a Comedy Series, Betty Gilpin from Glow, Darcy Carden from The Good Place, Yvonne Orji, uh, excuse me, what? from Insecure, oh. <laughs> Alex Bornstein from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Marin Hinkle from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Kate McKinnon from The Marvelous, just kidding, Saturday Night Live, <laughs> Cecily Strong, Saturday Night Live, and Annie Murphy from Shit's Creek. Oof. Damn, man, damn. I know, I know. Uh, now going over to Best Supporting Actor in a Limited Series, or movie, uh, Dylan McDermott uh, mm. from Hollywood, Jim Parsons from Hollywood, oh my gosh. fucking uh, Titus Burgess on Breakable, Jimmy Schmidt, Jimmy versus the Revered, Revered. Yes. Um, oof. Mm. Yahala Abdul Mateen II. Thank you from yeah. The Watchmen. There you go. And Jovan Abdu. Sure, a depot. <laughs> And uh, Lewis Gusset Jr. from The Watchmen. Everybody yes. knows I'm bad with me. That, no, but you're doing fantastic. I'm, I'm Tiffany pulling, Haddish. I'm, the- <laughs> I'm Tiffany Haddish. <laughs> you're not that bad. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. Um, I'm pulling for uh, um, Jim Parsons on this one. Oh, same. I just thought His it character, was just well, from he, Hollywood. Just whoop. Yeah. If you haven't watched it, guys, watch it. Seriously. Holy shit. Yeah. Ryan Murphy knocked it out of the park. Man. Yeah, I agree. Best Supporting Actress in a Limited Series or a Movie. Holland Taylor from... Hollywood. Yes. Uh, Uzo Abdulba from Mrs. America. Margot Martindale, another institution at the Emmys, man. This woman just kills it with supporting roles. Uh, Tracy Ullman, Mrs. America. Tony Collette from Unbelievable. Gene Smart from Watchmen. I think it's going to be a big year for Miss America, man. I'm just it saying. It sounds like it. I'm just saying. Uh, best Variety Talk Series. Uh, the nominees are The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Comedy Central, Full Frontal with Samantha Bee on TBS, Jimmy Kimmel Live on ABC, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, HBO, and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert on CBS. I'm just going to say it. Where is James Corden? Yeah, right? Hey, this guy is the most brilliant guy. I'm sorry to all the other yeah. late night talk show or variety show hosts or whatever, but Corden is absolutely killing, killing it. Killing it. Leaps and Every bounds. Aspect, you yeah. know, and, and just where is he? Exactly. Where is he? Exactly. And it, and if Jimmy Kimmel's team wins, like, does he also go up and accept the right? award? Like, right, right. Okay. Hey, guys. What's up? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep the ballots away from him. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know. We're kidding, Jimmy. We love you. Uh, best competition program, The Masked Singer. Mm. Nailed it. RuPaul's Drag Race, Top Chef, and The Voice. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, let's just go the voice the and move voice on, right? yeah yeah <laughs> uh now what you were talking about Broom. you're wondering how are they going to fit all those people in that room at that award show on that night with covid going on they're not they're not the emmy it's producers including jimmy sent out a letter to the nominees that the show is officially going to be you're right a remote affair done zoom style uh and assured them that none of them actually had to be at the microsoft theater so there you go. Makes sense. I, I can imagine it's going to be a lot like the NFL draft. I hope it's still. I, I hope it's I, as entertaining. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I. It's going to be really interesting. And like, are they just going to announce the categories and winners and then go? Or are they going to be like little things in between? I don't know, man. I know. It's going to be weird. I don't know either. And like the, the speeches, because they normally go over. Like, how are they going to like that? They're just cutting the zoom off when they go over yeah. on the speech. Or and I mean, you figure that. The winners are going to freaking know about it before, or is it just going to be like, 
the nominees are going to be the only ones shown on the mm. Zoom call while like the certain category is that's, up. That's very interesting. Yeah, I think just to keep it entertaining, they should every so often cut to a shot of Jerry Jones on his yacht. Oh yeah, always. <laughs> just sir. That was the best part of the NFL draft. Everybody trying to figure out what kind of spaceship yacht he was on. It was so good. Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> the Golden Globes, to nobody's surprise, is. Following the Oscars, they are going to extend their window for eligibility for movies to qualify for the Golden Globes. But here's the kicker, J-Lo. They're not doing it for television. Yeah. As you guys know, the Golden crazy. Globes. I know. Yeah. They do film and television. They're not extending the window uh, just for, for the television. Films. Just for the films. What? That doesn't, that's not fair. No. I don't think that's fair. A lot of these shows got shut down, you exactly. know, for production in their season they like, Yeah, they had to make season finales out of episodes that weren't season finales. Like, they might it doesn't... have had epic stuff still to be shot that could qualify if yeah. they extended it, but now no. So it's kind of it's kind of shady. Kinda it is kind of shady. But I mean, you know, you know, <laughs> uh, we don't have the answers, man. We don't have the answers. No. So we'll see no. what happens. Uh, now on to the Academy of Motion Picture Arts yes. and Science. Uh, the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and, Hi- and Science has reelected its casting director uh, as the their president, yep, David, David Rubin, um, and he's been. Uh, he's been there, right? Yeah, yeah. Remember, he made history as the first casting director to get get uh, voted in as president nice. uh, last time. And he, he's qu- he's up now. He won again, so he'll be able to have this one more term because apparently they can serve up to two three-year terms. Mm. So after this, they're going to have to go somebody else. But good for him. I mean, I think he's been solid. Yeah. You've seen a, a big push in diversity and a big change Agreed. in how the categories are all kind of coming together. And uh, he's doing a great job. And, you know, casting – maybe. Maybe Jeremy Gordon could be next. Right, exactly. You know, come on, Jeremy. I'm pulling for you. Yep. I'm voting. That's like, it. <laughs> yeah, I'm voting for you, Jeremy. But this next one's kind of sad. Yeah. But I, I got to say, I didn't tune in. We were really excited on the show, but we're talking about San Diego Comic-Con at home. The virtual fan convention ran uh, July 22nd through July 26th, and sadly, it was a complete bust. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, to be fair, we talked about it, and we're like, all the shit we want to see is going to be at DC Fandom. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, guys, no Marvel stuff. Well, they did a New Mutants panel, but, you know, that's been so long kind of thing, and it was the most watched thing, but yeah. no big Marvel announcements, no big Star Wars announcements, and no big DC announcements. Yeah. That's what everybody goes to, you know, Comic-Con for, yeah. and with none of that there, it, it, uh, Yeah, and I mean, they still had some big series, or some big franchises. I mean, you got, like, The Walking Dead yeah. and the Star Trek universe and two Keanu Reeves movies, but yeah... I mean, freaking, I guess, tweets and mentions for Comic-Con at home were down 95% from uh, 2019's live convention. That's insane. That is crazy. Yeah. I mean... I, let's just hope this COVID shit is over with by the time it comes around yeah. next year. We can get back to seeing everybody in their cosplay and everybody you know, having yeah. a good time and doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And now heading over to Disney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boy. They have announced a new animated film. Pixar has announced a Disney branch yeah. off Pixar. Um, they have announced their next original animated movie called Luca. Uh, it's a coming-of-age adventure set in Italy. Uh, it will release in the U.S. theaters next Next summer, hopefully, um, it centers around a young boy living on the Italian Riviera uh, who shares adventures with his newfound best friend, but a dark secret about his new friend, he is a sea monster. Oh. Yeah. Ooh. 
I'm I'm in, I'm intrigued. I I'm totally. intrigued. Yeah, one thing's for certain. It will be nominated for an Oscar right, for anime right. because all Pixar films are. It'll be beautiful. <laughs> It'll course. be fantastic. Yes. You know, so we just yeah, I can't wait to see it. Definitely. Even if it's got an underwater did the underwater monster run into Dory? Right. Well, we don't know. We don't know. No <laughs> we'll idea. find out. Woo, this one, our our buddy, Danny Strong. He's been in our news the past like month. Uh, he has been. Off of last week's announcement that they're doing the Empire spinoff, right, with Cookie. Yep. Well, the same team. He's teaming up. Danny Strong and his longtime director and executive producer, Sanaa Jaime, are developing another series, mm. a dramedy for uh, Freeform, that's going to focus on being young, Arab, and female in today's America. Yeah, Yabin. Yabin. Go Danny Strong. He yeah. must be listening. Yeah. Because this was my big thing. It's all about black or white. But no, bring in some Pakistani. Bring in some Indians. Bring in all this different race that is out there. Exactly. Fucking we need that content. Exactly. And it sounds great. It's going to focus on a trio of friends who have moved from the Middle East to Los Angeles. Uh, and it's going to follow Maya, Jumana, and Lara mm. through their navigation and experiences across cultures and expectations in the often anything goes City of Angels. It's going to be produced by Danny and Harmar under their respective overall deals with 20th Century Fox. That's so, great. Dude is killing it, I'm man. I'm so excited. Go, man. Just, Seriously. We're going to have to get him back on the show, but we're going to need like four hours to talk to him. Just to him. He'd be the whole show. He's got so many projects. Like, for real. And I mean, other amazing things happening over at Disney. Carrie Washington and her Simpson Street production banner has renewed their overall deal with ABC Studios. Yes. For, to further three years. And I mean, make sense because they got four Emmy nominations on Tuesday. Absolutely. And Kerry Washington, I feel like, you know, delivered to ABC by by Shonda, right? Yeah. So, but Shonda's land is kind of left. Kerry's taking the spot, I yeah. think. You know, that's good. I love Kerry Washington. I man. agree, man. I agree. And I mean, this next one as well, I'm Michael Shannon uh, has signed on to star opposite of Nicole Kidman and Michelle Michelle, uh, Melissa McCarthy yes. in a Hulu's Temple Limited series, Nine Perfect Strangers. We talked about this a little bit yeah, last week. Yeah, that's that weird one where like Nicole Kidman's character runs a spa and is yeah. trying to help people out mentally and yeah. some sort of weird, crazy shit. Yeah, yeah he's going to be playing Napoleon, yeah. one of the Nine Perfect Strangers. I mean, it's a, gr- it's a great cast. Yeah. I mean, it's a phenomenal cast. It's a weird premise, but I'm betting it's going to kick ass. Because, I mean, you know, you know. Yeah, <laughs> some of the weirdest shit always kicks ass. Exactly. 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 Oh my goodness. Now Disney Plus, they are also making some noise in Hollywood. They picked up Black Boot. Black Booty. Black. Black. That's a a different movie. That one should be on like Hulu or something. (laughs) Black Beauty. Um, And adapted from the beloved children's book of Constantin Film and JB Pictures. Yes. Oh my god. Mackenzie Foy and Kate <laughs> Winslet are going to star in this version yeah. of it. This is like the 18th version of Black Beauty. Okay. Um, <laughs> the movie's a contemporary retelling of the story, so that'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, good thanks. Yeah, and again, Kate Winslet and Mackenzie Foy. I mean, two great actresses, yeah. so I'm sure it's going to be great. You know, my favorite's still always going to be, though, the. Um, Elizabeth Taylor version. Yeah. I just, you know, that, yeah. that's my thing. Of course. Mm, some bad news to end on Disney, though. This is weird. I didn't yeah. hear about this one. The Goldbergs' Brian Callen mm. has been accused of sexual assault and misconduct by four different women. Three Damn. of three of them are claiming rape. Mm. Um, Callen plays, you guys know, high school gym teacher Rick Meller in the Goldbergs uh, and on their spinoff, uh, Schooled, yeah. which got canceled. Um, sources close to the Goldbergs are saying that Callen wasn't set to appear in the upcoming season anyway. 
and it has nothing to do with these allegations. He just wasn't going to be in the season. Um, and we should say that Callen has denied all of it. Um, put out a lengthy statement in Variety if you guys want to read it in Variety, um, but has denied it all. And we're going to keep an eye on that one because exactly. this kind of stuff just is not going away, y'all. It's it not. is not going away. It's not. I mean, there needs to be an investigation. He just can't be blackballed just because of allegations. There nope. needs to be an investigation. I mean, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. We need to figure out the facts. That's right. Uh, now, headed over to Warner Media <laughs> and the reason nobody went to Comic-Con at uh, home. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fucking Zack Snyder uh, has revealed this week that a teaser trailer for his yes! Justice League film will yes! debut at DC Fandom August 22nd. <laughs> I mean, did you? I know you saw, but freaking all this, all this hoopla on fucking Twitter about people going insane because they saw Superman in the black suit. Yes. It was epic, though. I mean, he just... You're, Very Superman. You must be Alfred. That's right. That's so it. Bad at, that's it. 18 seconds of epicness. <laughs> but that's how epic it was. Yeah. Um, he also revealed that the real name of the movie, shocker, it's not going to be called The Snyder Cut. Um, he's it gonna, should be. Uh, it should be. He also revealed and kind of hinted that it might not be a movie at all, guys. It might be a limited series on HBO. Um, we all know he's got shit ton of footage, right? I'd be fine so, with that. I would too. I'd love to see it spread out over six, seven, eight episodes as opposed to trying to cram it all into a two-hour movie. And I mean, honestly, that would be really helpful, especially if like it is way past two hours. And I mean, that would I feel like that would draw a bigger audience than just the one film because, I don't know, I just feel like everything is geared towards television right now and streaming television so you can binge watch. So I feel like that would be a way better way to do it. Yeah, and I hope they address the black suit and a little bit more of the resurrection of Superman. Yeah. You know, the death of Superman and the return, kind of personal to me. Yeah. Um, so uh, I hope they address that better than the actual Justice League movie did. Yeah. And then I'm p- fucking pumped. I think everybody needs I, to yeah. see Darkseid. Yeah, right. Like, hello? That's the Thanos of the DC Universe. Right. So that's going to be badass. Hell yeah. Oh, this next one, we've been talking about it the past couple forevers. Um <laughs> Christopher Nolan's a sci-fi thriller from Warner Brothers. Tenet will debut internationally first starting August 26th uh, before opening in select cities in the U.S. over Labor Day weekend, yes. uh, September 3rd. Yes. I and bet he's pissed. I bet His he is. His birthday was the other day, and I bet he was like, I just – I can't celebrate this shit. Well, and you know what's crazy to me is that Tenet is overlording over every other release. They're yeah. all waiting to see what Tenet does, and we've got a story about that. We're going to tell you about it, but it's just crazy to me. I agree. Um, HBO – this one's not crazy to me. HBO's optioned a proposal to make a film about the COVID-19 vaccine, a hunt for the vaccine. Adam McKay is on board to executive produce. Um, it's based on the book, The First Shot by Brendan Burrell, mm. tells the story of the global coronavirus vaccine race and the companies involved and the politics behind trying to keep it or put it out there. Yeah. Um, sounds I, like an interesting I, I story. love what he's doing since like parting ways with his partner, Will Ferrell. Yeah. So I love that he's going this more uh, dramatic route, especially with the, the Lakers sh- uh, show that he's got coming out on HBO Max. Like I'm really excited to see what he has. Agreed. I, and you know, and that maybe they needed that separation to just yeah. kind of do some stuff, you yeah. know, get creatively he, bound. He was, although I will say he was behind Vice, right? Yes, he was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll I mean, you know, on. you make some shots in the dark sometimes. Kirk Boville was great in that. Movie, he, was. he was fantastic <laughs> this is no surprise to anybody i don't even know why they put this out there like it was big news right friends is the most watched show on hbo max yeah. 
duh. <laughs> duh. I mean, um, of course. But they're not telling you how much. They're not giving numbers. They're going the Netflix they're route and they're not shit. saying it. They're, they're doing not, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? We know it's the most watched show. We knew that. Right. Uh, tell us how much, though. We want to know are you getting the same, like, views that it was in syndication? Are you seeing those type numbers? Is it smaller? We want to know. Anyway. Exactly. Exactly. No, no surprise again. Big Bang Theory. Number two, exactly. all the shows that they paid $50 million plus dollars for yeah. are the most watched. It makes sense. Uh, of course it does. <laughs> our, our, Anna Kendrick's Love Life is right behind that, which I didn't even hear about that. Yeah. So that's right behind that. And then they list uh, the top 25 series all behind there. Um, Doom Patrol. Boom. Number three on the list for the most watched yeah. shows, which only bodes well when um, – they just recently announced Titans will be making the move over there. We know Harley Quinn's going over there. So that bodes well for all of that. Um, Looney Tunes, Cartoons, Elmo's Not Too Late Show, uh, the Ballroom Competition Series, Legendary, Search Party, Close Enough, and Expecting Amy from uh, Amy Schumer. Those are all in the top 25 most watched shows on HBO Max. I feel like all of that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, no surprises there. Yeah. But there is some bad things going over at Warner Media. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's bad things everywhere, but you know, I hate when they come to light, especially about someone who in the spotlight seems so nice and personable and things like that. But the Ellen DeGeneres show mm. has become the subject of an internal investigation by Warner Media following numerous accounts of workplace problems on the long running daytime series. Uh, executives from the show, uh, producer of uh, telepictures and distributor Warner Media and uh, Warner Brothers uh, Television sent out a memo to the staffers last week saying that they. They have uh, engaged uh, Warner Brothers TV owner and Warner Media's employees relation group uh, and a third party firm uh, who will interview current and former staffers at about their experiences on set. Yeah, this is this is deep. Apparently, there is a lot of like apparently bullying, yeah, racism, sexual harassment, mm. all kinds of shit supposedly going on behind the scenes here. Yeah. To Ellen's credit, she has taken. Full ownership of it because she, as she said, the show bears her name. Yeah. And she sent out a memo saying that she is taking steps to correct the issues going forward. As we've grown exponentially, I have not been able to stay on top of everything and relied on others to do their jobs as they knew I'd want them done. Clearly, some did not. Um, that will now change, and I'm committed to ensuring this does not happen again. Yeah, but I mean, it's always been an unspoken thing in Hollywood that Ellen is also part of the problem, how she is kind of like not as nice as people were saying. Exactly. That's what I was saying at the beginning of the yep. story. So it, I don't know, man. We'll see what happens. That's a developing story, and we're going to stay on top of that one as well. But Definitely. yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy, man. It's absolutely crazy. It's it is. bonkers. Uh, now heading over to CBS, Viacom CBS, Paramount has announced that the Courtney Cox will reap her role as news reporter Gail uh, Wathers in the upcoming Scream reboot. Yes, this we were questioning this. Yeah. When we announced last May that, that David Arquette was going to be coming back as Dewey, right? We're like, ooh, well, there's no way they're going to both be in this movie, right? They, they're, they're, they're exes they're boys, and they're yeah. kind of like, Nah-nah. but... Question answered. The answer is yes, the exes will be back. Yeah, man. Are they still going to be a couple? That's the that's, that's going to are are Dewey uh, you know and Gail going to still be a couple? That's going to be the big question. This thing's going to shoot uh, in Wilmington starting pretty soon uh, later on this year, and no plot details yet. Yeah, none. 
Like we don't know. I'm assuming Nev Campbell's coming back. I mean, you I haven't think. heard anything about that yet, but I would think so. Yeah, and I mean, CBS All Access has announced the third season of Star Trek Discovery. This will premiere October 15th to yes. the streaming service, and it's going to be 13 episodes. Yeah, and 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 if you guys know the cliffhanger from season two, we had no idea what was going on with the Federation, right? Like, obviously, this is a prequel, so we know it survives. But anyway, <laughs> the premise of season three is for Commander Burnham and the Discovery crew to work together to save the Federation from its uncertain future. Yeah, man. So much stuff going on there. The Lower Decks animated show coming so up. So excited. We've got the prequel so with Pike and the Enterprise yeah. coming. Uh, another season of Picard. Star Trek is kicking ass. Dude, I mean, even CBS All Access is kicking ass, yeah. honestly. Yeah. They just added 70 shows, freaking, as in 3,500 episodes in total to their streaming service. This comes from networks including BET, Comedy Central, MTV, and Nickelodeon. That is absolutely insane. Exactly. All the SpongeBob SquarePants episodes, every season will be there. They also announced that they picked up, they, they got the rights to... Shocker. Uh, the SpongeBob spinoff, Camp yeah. Coral. So yeah. that's going to be debuting too. The reason they're putting all this shit on there is because, as we told you a few weeks ago on the show, they're getting ready to revamp, rebrand, yeah. rename, and boom. When it hits at the beginning of the year when they do that, they want all this content on there and in place and ready to go and kick an ass. Yeah. By the way, all that shit hit yesterday, so you can watch all of that now. Yeah. I was already watching the Chappelle show. There like, you go. It's on there. All three <laughs> seasons or however many seasons you had. It's on there, guys. So be sure to check out CBS All Access. It's fucking badass. This next one, we are literally shocked by. If you heard us talk about this, there was no way in hell we thought this would ever happen. We talked about this on the show last week. They're like, no way. He's in negotiations. No way. But apparently, wait. <laughs> Because it's Tom Cruise. Um, after an exuberant Zoom call, I get, did he jump on couches like a Oprah exuberant? I, I don't know. But an exuberant <laughs> call with Tom Cruise, director Doug Lyman, and Christopher McQuarrie, they pitched their plans for the film to be shot in outer space. You know what we're talking about. With, as of yet, no script. No they script pitched it with no script. Apparently, it's still being written. Here's the kicker. Universal apparently said yes to a $200 million commitment for this film, Damn. which we talked about last week on the show. We think not even close to covering the budget. No. $200 million, but there it is. Um, SpaceX's Elon Musk will be a partner in the project. You called I, that shit. Yep, like, I, I, I'm that. guessing he's the one sending them, yeah. which will alleviate some of the budget problems, I would guess. Um, McQuarrie, who is the director of a lot of the um, Mission Impossible films, yeah. he's going to be ground control. They're literally doing this like, you know, he's going to be at mission control. He's going to be on the ground. Time. Yeah, and, <laughs> and be some sort of ground control role and advisor to what's going on up in space. It's a very scary thing. So, look, congratulations, Universal. I still don't think this film is going to happen because I just don't think it can I'm get worried. Insured. I'm worried this film will literally bankrupt the freaking studio. Yes, bankrupt the studio and shut... Like... We were talking about what if something happens yeah. on the launch. What if? Exactly. Can you even imagine Tom Cruise going out uh, with a, like an explosion on a SpaceX rocket? Like, like I just, 
I don't even know. I, I this is a bad idea. <laughs> it is. It's really bad. Uh, Ooh, but this I mean, next one. yeah, they're part. They're everybody knows that Universal Pictures and AMC Theaters were kind of talking shit. They had mm. a little feud going back and forth like a couple months ago. Yep. Uh, but they have ended their feud and signed a multi-year agreement that will allow the studio's films to premiere on premium video on demand (VOD) um, within the three weeks of their theatrical uh, dispute or debut debut yes uh, financial terms of the agreement are were not de- uh, disclosed so we have no idea what that whole thing was like but in a statement amc ceo adam aaron uh said the company will share these new revenue streams uh, mm-hmm. which means that it will get any cut of any money made uh on these digital rentals universal yep. will not be allowed to put the movies on the premium on demand but cannot sell the films or rent them for lower than the on-demand fees right we, i mean so it like if they're going to release it in that three-week window they you have to pay the full price 20 yeah. 20 something dollars exactly. on the premium and then they have to wait three weeks before they can sell them at a discounted price or rent them at a discounted price. Here's my thing, though, that you heard him say AMC theaters are going to share in the revenue of yeah. if people do watch it at home. Here, that's where the problem is because now other studios are already saying, hey, wait a minute. What the fuck? We want to be able to do that exactly. too. We want this type deal. We want to share in the revenue except for the Mouse House. Yeah, Disney does not like the idea of putting movies out you know, until they've had their extended theatrical run, they're not a fan of it. So, and that's going to be interesting yeah. if all these other, you know, if Warner and Sony and Paramount and all them start jumping on board with this shit like like they did, is that going to be a problem for Disney? Exactly. So uh, we're going to keep our, our eye <laughs> on <you>. this. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, it's so crazy. It, it's going to be. I don't even know. I know, but I mean, we were talking about it a little bit earlier. Is Ray yep. talking about her freaking her and Jordan Pill are teaming up on Sinkhole, a thoughtful, provoking genre movie that engages with questions of female perfection and identity. Mm. Ooh, this is going to be good. Yeah. Uh, the project is being developed as a potential starring vehicle for the high. In demand is array because she's everywhere right now. She is. Uh, Universal beat out more than 10 studio Damn. bidders and multiple talent and filmmaker packages for the screen rights to uh, Lena Crow's short story. So, which is about a young family that moves into a dream home despite of the gaping sinkhole in their backyard. Oh. Uh, the mysterious mm. sinkhole manages to fix broken and destroyed things. What? I'm interested. I mean that's awesome. I'm interested. That's awesome. So so she's <laughs> going to be involved in the creation and producing and, and development of yeah. it and possibly starring in it. So that's badass. Um, <laughs> moving to a dream home with a sinkhole. Yeah. I, 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 mm. This, mm. this probably can't because you know he's hosting Twilight Zone right now. Jordan Peele. That's is. true. So he's like <laughs> it's full circle, guys. It's, it's true. Full freaking circle. Uh, News shocker! We have Sony news that's not Spider-Man. Holy shit. Holy shit. <laughs> Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy are headed back to the studio with a few adjustments. Just tiny Just bit. a few. Just, you know. On Wheel of Fortune, the wheel apparently has been redesigned to have the people more spaced out. So when they're spinning, they're not like one, two, three. They're also going to be placed further away from Pat Sajak. 
Um, maybe they should have done that sooner. I, right? I don't know. I don't know. Just they're going to be social distancing. It's going to be fine. The wheel will be different. And on Jeopardy, <laughs> the stage has been slightly redesigned to allow the three contestants to be further apart, not just that partition anymore. <laughs> Remember how they had, they put up that partition when they're writing their final Jeopardy answer? Yeah. Though? Couldn't they have just on that, like the plastic shield, right. the whole show, instead of spreading them out? I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> they will also be even further away from Alex Trebek. Yeah. Even for yeah, they need to be though, because every every health problem that he has going on, so they need to be as far <laughs> as away from him as possible. I'm just happy he he's back, yeah, and that he's going to be hosting, and that he's got more in him, man. Yeah, I just don't see Jeopardy without him. I agree, so. I agree, and more more temporary removals for uh, films and the theatrical release. Lionsgate yep. is the. Uh, the most recent one, it's temporarily re- removed its horror movie Antebellum uh, from the theatrical release schedule. The picture was set for August 21st, but with Tenet being moved back, like we talked about, that's the one everybody's watching. Yep. Uh, so they, it was originally set for, uh, uh, like I said, August 21st, and now and I then, yeah, don't know. Tenet moved to Labor Day, so now they're like, well, we can't be August 21st anymore because Tenet's taking Labor Day, so we got to go even further back. This thing was another one of those though that should have come out in april yeah. but covid you know stopped that but it's crazy how every time tenant moves other films have to yeah. move it, 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 it's nuts to me this is the one with janelle monet you know it looks really crazy remember like where she's on the plantation and then she's modern day and like this weird kind of stuff so i don't know man we're just just know that if tenant moves other shit is gonna move that's yeah. what we're gonna be talking about Scandalous. Scandalous. This apparently is the most sought after or was the most sought after film package in Hollywood right now. Um, It's a drama that has our boy Jeremy Pope from Hollywood, right? We just talked about it. Who was just nominated for Hollywood for an Emmy. He's going to play Sammy Davis Jr. Mm. And it's going to be about the relationship, the interracial relationship with Sammy Davis Jr. And uh, it's going to be done by Janet Mock. Um, she's going to direct it. And like I said, it's going to be the interracial relationship between Sammy Davis Jr. and Kim Novak, Mm. who at the time that they were having this relationship, Kim Novak was the number one box office draw in the country. And so you can imagine scandalous yeah did not go over well you know it was fine for sammy to hang out with the rat pack but it was not okay for him to be with a white woman yeah you can be with frank you can be with dean but you can't be with a white woman so i mean this this sounds like it's going to be really good that's a great casting though because i mean if you think about it he really looks like him yeah and it's going to be produced by glickman who's got who's got the um upcoming aretha franklin movie yeah and you're gonna be hearing about that because our our guy joshua mckell uh is in that we're gonna be talking about that but yeah yeah, perfect casting, uh, directing. I mean, come on now. The, Janet Mock is going to be perfect. And and then, like I said, Glickman to produce. This is a winner from start to finish, I think. I agree. I agree. Now going over to Netflix was the biggest winner of the Emmys, at least in the nomination field. Um, they have some stuff to announce. Uh, they're going to be doing a prequel series to The Witcher, yeah. which is their new big thing on right now. Uh, the Witcher Blood Origin will yes. be a six-part live-action limited series uh, set in the Witcher universe verse will be uh, set in an elven world uh 1200 years before um the witcher so wow that that's uh, interesting and i mean it's going to be it's going to tell a story lost to time and events that will lead to pivotal uh conjunction of the 
spheres of the spheres spheres yeah spheres the when the world of monsters men and elves merge to become one yeah and reveal the history of the very first witcher Mm. so yeah i mean look the witcher's been kicking ass it has cavill has been just tearing it up so uh this only makes sense that you know good for them yeah i'm really excited about this next one though because she is a busy ass young lady she is stranger things millie bobby brown you can't even classify her to just that one anymore because she's everywhere it's attached to start an upcoming film the girls uh i've been uh brown will not only lead for the film uh for the streaming service she is also going to produce alongside emmy nominated and emmy winner and however many other winning (laughs) things that he's done but i'm talking about jason bateman yes side by side with jason bateman she is like 15, 16. Yeah, she's kicking ass. Already got a production company that's, like you said, going side-by-side, partnering up with fucking Jason Bateman for a series. That is badass. Speaking of badass, Bateman is also kicking ass behind the camera. Yeah, he is. Not only is he he doing that with Millie Bobby Brown, but he's also apparently in negotiations to direct a Netflix heist film, Here Comes the Flood. Uh, Netflix paid out the ass to get this one over several other studios that wanted it really bad. Then apparently a bunch I guess it's really good because a bunch of directors wanted attached mm. to this, but Bateman got it. Yeah. And um, it's going to mark Bateman's third feature film that he's directed. Epic. Um, having previously done um, Bad Words and The Family Fang. So, and he's been doing a shit ton of Ozark and, and like, yeah. you know, television stuff too. So, this guy's killing it, man. Dude, he's epic. I, I, he's got a work ethic like no one I've ever seen before. So, kudos to him. And I mean, Netflix is staying with their golden boys. They got their little niche of people they that do. they like to bring projects from. Well, I mean, this next one, I'm talking about Ryan Murphy, uh, asylum drama series called Ratchet, and get this, inspired by the diabolical nurse Ratchet from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, you remember that bitch. You remember that bitch. You you remember her, the one who gave Jack all kinds of trouble, wanted to botapize him and shit. (laughs) But, I mean, it's a scary-ass character, so now that we're going to get the origin story of why she's this scary ass bitch maybe she wasn't maybe something happened to her in this asylum that <laughs> turned her ratchet exactly we don't know but we're gonna find and ryan murphy like you said just got all the nominations for hollywood you yep. know the creator behind so many epic shows i'm excited always been one of my favorite movies one flew over the cuckoo's nest yep. and ratchet was scary as fuck so i'm excited about this yeah one. but this next one it's very questionable because i mean we saw the first one refused to see the second one but apparently there's gonna be a third one <laughs> Yeah, like, We're talking what? about The Kissing Booth. Uh, they basically just released the second one on Netflix, and now the streaming service says, hey, there's going to be a third one. A little unbeknownst to everyone else in Hollywood, freaking they filmed the second and third one together. Yeah, secretly shot it. What is with all this secret shit lately? Right? Secret babies, secret filmings of movies, <laughs> like secret, like, what the fuck? I just, I don't know. <laughs> but the question is, like J-Lo said, does anybody want to see it? No. Ted is out there consistently saying how the first how, Kissing Booth yeah. was like one of their biggest movies ever. Why? I just don't get it. Why? I, it really must be like a teenage thing. Even though I am a younger person, I did not see the appeal to that film. Like, that's not a story-driven film. We've seen that story so many times before. <laughs> that's not new. I don't understand. Let's just not do it. But they're doing it, so. Ooh, 
this next one. We're jumping to Amazon. Yes, jumping we to are. Amazon. And uh, speaking of Regina King, Watchmen, Emmy nominee, like she is whooping ass lately she also. Is. This is exciting. Amazon just landed the rights, the global rights, to her feature film directorial debut, which good for her. She's so talented. One night in Miami. Mm. And they're gonna release it during award season. And I'm telling you, it sounds like it's got a shot because the what the movie is. Is it fouls Cassius Clay? That's mm. right, Muhammad Ali. Oh, the night at, the night of the win against against Sonny Liston, he knocks him out, and but then he can't stay in the city and celebrate because at that time it's segregated, mm. right? So it fouls him to where he goes into a hotel room and he's hanging out with Malcolm X and Sam Cooke and Jim Brown, yeah. and it's the the that story of wow. like what happened with the celebration the night of and the morning after in Miami with these three guys in the hotel room. So I, I what I don't know who they're going to cast or what's going on or I, I'm just saying that sounds like it is going to be an epic story. Right. I'm just I, I super can't crazy, super crazy. Amazon Studios has also set a September 9th theatrical release for Stacey uh, Abrams uh, voting rights documentary all in the fight for democracy. Yes. Uh, this is definitely needed right now. So, I mean, it makes sense for the streamers to go forward and try to do things like this. Yeah, she was uh, at the funeral um, this week. You, you John know, for John Lewis, yep. yep. Um, I think we haven't seen the last of her running for a national office. Yeah. Uh, I would not be surprised at all if Biden picks her for VP. Yeah. I would not be surprised by that move at all. Um, but I'm looking forward to this documentary. There were a lot of people who thought that voter suppression and maybe some uh, some shenanigans, illegally shenanigans, um, might have cost her that that governorship. So um, I'm really interested to see this documentary. Like you said, it's it's needed. Definitely, definitely. Something else that's needed. Apple bringing back Oprah Winfrey for a new interview series, yes. the Oprah Conversation. And I mean, of course, she's going to be talking about COVID. And yes. I mean, Oprah's book club, and I mean, a whole bunch of other things. But of course, this goes underneath her multi-year dear cont- uh, content deal agreement with Apple back in uh, 2018. Yeah, this is like the third or fourth show now that that's on the air or will be on the air for on Apple with Oprah. Yeah. And it only makes sense because as we always say, Oprah is the only O that matters. Exactly. I mean, period. Exactly. And who doesn't want to see her back in a, in a talk show format? I agree. I mean, her interview, just her Zoom interview with John Lewis just right before he passed was so powerful. I agree. So engaging. I, it just screamed, let's get this woman back and do interview. I mean, her her interview with Bob Iger, yeah. oh my God, so good. So good. I mean, all of her interviews with Bob Iger, they did like a whole fucking exactly. tour shit. But so, this next one is also very exciting. Wild Brain, Kevin Smith and Wild Brain are teaming up for a brand new Green Hornet and Kato animated series. Yes! Smith will be bringing back all the elements of the iconic characters and their universe, including, of course, the Black beauty uh, but <laughs> the car yeah not the horse or no, the booty or the booty <laughs> uh, but with some twist the series will be set in modern times and uh, will follow a reimagined green hornet and kato the new green hornet and kato are actually the grown son and daughter of the originals so i that, love that that's very very awesome yeah i love that idea it's kevin smith so you know so now we're talking howard the duck right but oh no that got 
Didn't it? Ugh. Yeah. Just, just so. So He-Man, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, and now Green Hornet. Yeah. Guy's killing it with... Especially uh, animation. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so exciting. So exciting. Makes sense. But now it is time for our interview segment. We got the one and only Mark Ashworth coming on the show. We teased it a little bit earlier. This guy's got so much to talk about. Came over uh, from over the pond and just like talks about the culture shock and how he got into acting and like... How to be like a big fish in a small pond, basically. Yeah, which, I mean, this guy, over 100 credits on IMDb. Yeah. Talk about a big fish in a small pond. We're talking about Atlanta. He's killing it, man. Yeah. And if you listen to this interview, he's going to tell you how you can kill it, too, because his work ethic and how he got to where he is today is just, like, unmatched. So it's so good for the up-and-comers, man. Definitely, definitely. So good. So good. Well, here he is. Mark Ashworth, welcome inside the Crazy Ant Farm, man. How are you today? I'm smashing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. Oh, dude, we are so excited to talk to you, man. You have been in uh, so many things that we are huge fans of. Definitely. Awesome. I mean, one of our rare guests, you know, that rocks both the DC and the Marvel world. Right. You, know, you may have made some appearances in both, which we're super stoked about. Um, yes. And we're, of course, going to be talking about Stargirl. I'm super excited to talk about Stargirl. And uh, yeah. so much, though. My Nine. Oh, man, so, so many good things to talk to you about. But what we like to do, first of all, is have you kind of do an intro for all of our listeners out there who might not be familiar with your work or how you got started and everything. So let's jump okay. into that. Was it something sure. you always knew that you wanted to do or or is, it, did it come later in life or how'd you get into the industry, man? Uh, yeah, no, probably wasn't something that I'd always wanted to do. It, it, it was something that I'd always been... Uh, you know, I think we're all we all kind of fall in love with film and feelings and you know just stories that that make us feel in in one way, shape or form something. Absolutely. And uh, I, I always had the love of, of cinema in that regard. But as far as wanting to become um, a storyteller within um, the walls of, of of the acting craft, I would say that's something that just kind of. I wandered into really. Oh. Um, I, I moved from England. I'm from England originally. No, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't believe tell. it or not. <laughs> please believe it or not. Uh, and um, I know I talk funny. I get I get told I talk funny quite a lot. Um, I, I came here in '92, and um, you know I, I lived in Atlanta. And I, I guess just just kind of being in Atlanta. Um, I was exposed to things. This was right before the industry came here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had a friend of a friend, it was his bird, and she said that she was going to this class in town, and um, I was intrigued by that. I, I, I wasn't aware that there was, number one, uh, a school. It wasn't really a school. It was more of a, um, it was more of a, just, just a, an ongoing class. I, I was always under the impression that you had to go to fine dramatic arts school to become an actor. I never knew that there were, there were little, little places that you could go in and fit in and just just work the craft and you know just become familiar with it and so right. that's what i wanted to do i wanted to uh um uh, stick my toes in so to speak and and i started going to classes and i just kind of stayed stayed with it i i, I had um gotten injured playing football uh. um soccer and um i really was looking for something else to 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 get stuck into so to speak and um and and that just kind of happened at the perfect time i was and and yeah, I've, I've just carried carried on with it, and just 
fell in, fell in love with it. I'm still learning so much about it. It's crazy. That's amazing, man. It's always interesting to hear the stories about how people get into it. You know, we we hear, you know, from people who are like, I knew from birth this is what I wanted. And then people like yourself who are like, circumstances fall one way or the other, and you kind of, and you're guided in, and you just kind of fall into it and find out you love it and just kind of go. Always interesting to hear that stuff. And I mean, what kind of a culture shock was it from to to come from from across the pond, you know, to Atlanta or to the states? Was that how was that transition? You know, it was it was extremely tough. Um, we, as I was probably about just just getting to be about thirteen or fourteen, I think we we had started. Mum and dad, we'd started visiting America, and um, we 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 wound up visiting friends of friends in in Tennessee. And when we first came over here, it, it, it was it was you know it's worlds away from from what you do in England. But we we were um, welcomed with open arms mm-hmm. uh, by families in Tennessee, and um, they took us to the lake. We we're water skiing, we we're on horses and and four wheeling, doing things that you would never ever have the opportunity to do. I was brought up in working class England in Manchester, concrete and uh, buses and. You know, you, you have to have a lot of money to be able to afford to do any any of that kind of stuff right. in England. And so coming here to Tennessee, it was just a completely um, different pace and different things that we're exposed to. My parents saw the benefits of that and they, they, they wanted us to come over and experience that. So so they made plans for us to move. And from, from the age of 14 to 16, I think it was, you know, it's not something that you just make a decision on. And it's like, oh, let's go next week, you know. Um, <laughs> right, right. We, you, there's a lot of paperwork and all that bollocks that you have to do. And so it was a couple of years. I was 16 by the time I came over here. And at that age, 16, you know, just about to get out of school in England, we finished at 16 over there. And, and I, was, um, I was very um, conflicted. Mm. You know, between wanting to to go to this America that that I I thought I knew, right? But at the same time, I had a realization that that America that I knew wasn't the everyday life of what it would be when mm. I went. You know, and tr- true enough, it it was very very difficult. My dad bought an auto parts shop in in middle of Tennessee, middle of nowhere, and um, I couldn't get around anywhere they didn't want to put us into school because i mean me and my brother were getting into a little bit of trouble in england and they they just knew that putting us a couple of english lads into a school in a different country might be asking for a little bit more trouble and so they they um they they tried to homeschool us for a while but i I just basically went to work for a bricklayer right and um i just kind of you know uh the friends that we met lived miles away. And so I was always dependent on somebody taking me somewhere. It was rough, man. I mean, it was, it, it was rough. And as, as, as beautiful as Tennessee is, um, it, it was just hard to uh, adapt to that coming from Manchester, a place where I could get on the bus and go for a walk down into town, watch the football, go to the concerts. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't even take a taxi out there. It was that far away from everything. So wow, it, it, it sucked for the first couple of years you know it, it was it was really rough and um you know it, in in retrospect it, it's something that I, I don't know that i would ever say i wouldn't change a thing now you know because mm-hmm. it, it you know when you go through those kind of um growth um it's a growth spurt no matter how you want to put it it, right. it is whether or not you you asking for it it's coming anyway that's exactly what it is you know you as you grow up you get these growth spurts they just happen and and that was one too which which affected character for me 
you know, it affected my outlook on life and it affected how everything. And and so I I, I got a few stripes in Tennessee. <laughs> but they were they were rough ones. They yeah. were rough ones, but I, I earned those. I earned those. There you go. Yeah. And Tennessee is gorgeous. I mean, I I, I love Tennessee. I've got a very, very special place in my heart for Tennessee. I always will have, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was rough coming at 16 years old, leaving all my mates and all that good stuff. Do you find, though, that, like, I always feel like for life lessons like that, uh, are are critical tools for an actor because I feel like you, you know you you can always pull from that experience when you're going into a, a performance, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it colors it colors you as a person. It does. Whenever there's the struggle, um, whenever there's conflict, you know, there's 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 resolution in one way or another, you know, and 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 those those things definitely definitely help. I, I I've got a a young friend of mine who's a, a, an actor and he aspires to be an actor. He, 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 he just, he, he loves the idea of being an actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way that he dresses and the way that he, 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 he likes people to look at him. He just, he's, he's in love with the, the, the thought of it all, you know? Right. But, but he, he, and I've tried to tell him before that it, 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 it you have to be, it, it's, it's hard to explain, but you, you, you have to get, go out and, and get stripes you have to struggle you know he wasn't even finding the moments to 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 you have to make it work if you want something bad enough you you have to do whatever is necessary to make it happen he was he came here from i think some some other state Uh and um he came to georgia to act didn't have an agent when he came here mm-hmm. and so he he he's sub- self-submitting himself for a lot of different things he's wondering why he's not getting any traction he's still not got an agent um he's not spending money on professional headshots because he doesn't have a job and 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 you know it, it it's 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 everything you know if if you need headshots then you need to dig in and do whatever it is to to enable you to get the headshots exactly right. and that, that, that that's the work that's the work and and it may not be acting work but hey you know what that's that's part of the journey and that is gonna that is gonna give you stripes too you just have to do whatever it is to you know you're fueling your your funding and fueling your dreams even if it's not what you want to do right now you've still got to look look across the um the water there on the stepping stones that you're on and just make sure that that's your goal keep going do whatever you can exactly keep moving forward you got to and so, yeah, I, I, I chatted to him. It, it definitely colors your life. Um, all those, all those moments, they do life experience. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah. it's all about like the experiences, like you were talking about growing up in Tennessee, not being so used to how everything works there and especially being out in the country, which it sounds like you were. Um, yeah. But what about the audition process for you? When you first ever auditioned for something, were you very confident in that or were you um, a little nervous about it? Because we hear multiple times from a lot of different people that come on the show, it's like 90% auditioning, 10% actually being on set and acting. So were you very confident? Your first ever audition or were you a little nervous about it i'm still not confident mate <laughs> <laughs> no I'm, I'm not i'm not um i mean I'm, I'm i'm more confident now in in the tapes that i send you know everything's kind of self-taped now right so yeah i i've empowered myself and i have been doing before it was you know here in atlanta i think georgia we were one of the first states that really kind of started um necessitating the the self-tapes yeah mm-hmm. 
and um, it, I used to go and, and put myself on tape at, at taping places and the quality was always very, very good. And uh-huh. Something I didn't have to edit. I couldn't, I didn't know how to edit. And so, you know, I just over, over uh, a year or two, I just started to look at the bigger picture and, and, you know, as, as happy as I was, and I, I was, you know, yeah, the booking percentages are nothing about the amount, you know, maybe, maybe 10%, maybe mm-hmm. you, you book 10% of your work. If, and that's really good percentage. Right. Right. Um, I, I started looking at how I could better that 10%, how I could better me and just, just empowering myself to be the audition, that initial taping that we do. Mm-hmm is the only thing that we have control of. That's the only thing. That's the only work that we can be sure of is an audition piece. And, and you know, I, I, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't worried about going over my 15-minute spot or whatever it was mm-hmm. for the next person that comes in. I wanted to make sure that if if I wasn't happy with a, with, with a certain choice or the way the opening beat looked, then I could go back and, and not have to settle on the two takes that we did, you know. And so it, it gives me the opportunity to work a little bit more in, in my own space. Going back to my, my first auditions, yeah, the, the, the nerves are just off, off the charts. And, and, and so much so, I think, where I was self-reflective and like, why am I doing this? What, <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What is this? And, and, and why, why am I wanting to put myself through this? You know, it, it, it's uh, an audition is so far removed. This, when I tell you, like, I'm still learning about acting. It's, there's the, the audition is so much more different than the job. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the business element of the job is so much more different than everything else in, in its own right too. And so, um, yeah, auditioning for me, there's the callback audition, you know, being able to go in and, and, and put in the, the room that the casting director or the, the director or the producers putting them at ease. Right. When you walk in, you know, controlling and owning the room when you walk in and, you know, um, the, those nerves, something that you kind of just learn to control i don't think they ever go away but you 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 learn to um address them for what they are right you know it's the same excitement feeling you get those butterflies in your stomach like when you're a roller coaster right it's the same kind of it's the same kind of feeling and and you know if, if you, you you have to kind of switch your mindset and uh-huh. saying hey you know this this is this is kind of what I enjoy this is my enjoyment i'm having the opportunity to come here today to to work and, and present what I have been working on and and it is it's excitement is what I refer to it now rather than nervous energy and that that helps me you Definitely. know left brain right brain stuff right exactly uh, but it does it does help it totally does so coming coming from where you came from, I, I mean, uh, I feel like in Europe and uh, in general, you know, theater. When everybody thinks you know Europe, they think theater as, as the theater. big medium, as opposed to film and television, right? And then you make the move and you jump over to to the states and it's film and television. So when you kind of got the idea, okay, this is something I'm interested in. This is something I'm going to commit to. Were you thinking theater at first, or were you always like, no, it's going to be film and television? Or how did that whole process go for you? You know, I don't. I don't think I ever thought that through at that point. Not when yeah. I got started. Right. I, I, I just, I, I never did. And, and, and that's probably a, a, a benefit too. I, I don't know. I, I was just kind of, you know, dipping my toes in to see what the water felt like at that point. I got myself into a class that, that did um, scene study. They did 
um, relationships. They did mm-hmm. cold reads. They did improv on camera stuff. It was a really nice, um, well-rounded group that we had um, here in town. And it, you know, whenever we got up to work, we would get up in front of people who were sat in stairs and all watching us. So it was at, the, at that ground level. It was it was theatrical in its presentation right mm-hmm. um it, it it was only you know when when i got myself an agent and i started um going out for auditions that all the auditions were commercial or television mm-hmm. you know um back when i got an agent about 12 years ago there was very very few films that came in you know if i had like three auditions a year for a film i'd be grateful uh, but most of it was commercial for me as i got started mm-hmm. and um uh, Army Wives was shooting here. The Vampire Diaries was shooting here. There was there was these shows that you would you would get a lot of auditions from through the year. Right. Um, I think I auditioned for Army Wives like sixteen times. And Vampire <laughs> Diaries probably the same. And you know, it's just one of those. Um, but yeah, I I I wasn't ever brought up around theatre. Mm. It was probably a class thing for me. Mm, okay. um, in, in in England, in Manchester specifically, uh, I'm sure there is theatre, but. Uh, you know, London is is the spot for theatre. Absolutely, gotcha. Um, a little bit more toffee down there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but but um, yeah, I, I I do love theatre. I do. Um, what what I have done of it here in Atlanta, it's not you know, it's not um, stage um, equity or anything like that. It's um, it's just community theatre, mm-hmm. and I'm actually on a board of a local community theatre and. A, I, whenever I have the opportunity, I, I will go out and, and, and audition for roles in theatre. It's, it's so fulfilling in the fact you have the opportunity to go and work every single day. You know, when you're rehearsing, you're, you're learning the character and you, you never stop learning the character until the last weekend of the show. You know, you, you always can find these different beats in there that affect the performance of yourself and others. Right. And and it's so rewarding in that, that you can always go and explore. And, and you know, the more you become familiar with the material, the, the, the more freedom you have. And you don't get that with film, with most right. film or television. You, you're in and out. Um, of a scene in in a few hours and that's it you kiss goodbye you you do all the work leading up to that mm-hmm. yeah um you may get a couple of takes just to play if you've already got what you need in the camera and the director's cool with it and, and the the money guys aren't over there tapping the watch then you may get another right. couple of takes <laughs> but um mostly um it's it's get done and dusted um but but it's very rewarding. It's instant gratification too when you're up there on stage and, right. and you're feeding off the audience. You yep, know, yep. When, when you're on film sets, it's like the 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 the, uh, the DP and and the gaffers and the the um, all the PAs. They're they're, they're your all your audience. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the live theater, and you 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 you, you kind of work in in that realm. You you know within the confines of the 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 frame, of course, but they they're your audience outside of there. You know, so. There's there's elements that I like I love about both of them, but here in Atlanta for me there's there's just you know there's the the pay for for my kind of background I just don't have professional background in theatre and so mm-hmm. the pay is is another thing that that um, sways me more towards film <laughs> television. Makes sense. <laughs> no yeah, doubt. No, no doubt. way. 
But definitely, what I really like about this interview and about you as a person is you don't miss an opportunity to learn something. You're right. never done learning. Like, even if it is about local theater or like huge theater or with on screen acting. And I just love like your approach to the whole art of filmmaking and or yeah. theater. So I really appreciate you, man. I mean, you're oh, an man. awesome. You. We do this podcast to help up and comers like break into the entertainment industry and for to hear someone like you who has like over a hundred acting credits on imdb like keep learning keep going yeah. keep fighting oh, yeah. like that's going to be very inspiring for them that that's yeah. the thing we i mean in the interview you know we've heard you say learn i, I mean i can't count how many yeah. times now and that's <laughs> and i feel like community theater we hear that constantly from other actors too is that theater is your like workout space to, to hone the craft yes. and to continue to learn the craft and and yeah. so we, I, I love that whole conversation about how, how you do that because i don't think yeah. you can ever finish learning i think once you think that you've learned everything you're kind of done right yeah yeah i I don't ever want to stop i don't ever want to think that i'm done because then like you said you then then things slow down and you know yeah you just kind of sputter at that point i would imagine you're just kind of coasting and sputtering yep um mate i think i think i think you bang on that's just that's just the thing with 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 acting you just got to keep keep learning and keep bettering yourself there's 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 so much that we need to learn about ourselves exactly you know regardless of the craft Mm -hmm. you know that's that's part of it is being able to deep deep into our own selves and how we are as as individuals absolutely and then and then we're affected by the people that are around us too Mm -hmm. so yeah it's ongoing well Definitely. I completely agree. But we definitely want to talk to you about Mind 9 because uh, we went Ooh, to the yeah. Los Angeles premiere. We saw we are uh, big fans and buddies with uh, Clint James, who was mm-hmm. co-stars with you in this thing. But how did that role come about? And like the preparation, man, being underground and filming all that. How was all that? I, yeah, I got to tell you, intense for us watching. Yeah. So I can't even imagine y'all just yeah. like, wow. It was... Uh... That that was one of those experiences, you know. Um, sometimes you get on films and you, you you get your script and you do your prep. You go to shoot and then you you finish shooting and that's it. It's done. You're gone. You're finished. Um, th- this project for me will be one that will forever I will forever take with me. Mm-hmm. You know the experiences, the um, just the way that it was done too. Eddie's a, um, a great filmmaker. The way that he brought us all in and he you know he, he he'd take us around too for the you know like clint went to la i went to new york mm-hmm. clint lives in new york and um we you know we were in west virginia for the premiere there too right it, it was just a, a, a real joy i think it was jordan that brought me on uh, the casting director mm-hmm. um she's a she's a I think she was an actor before she was casting director here in Atlanta. And I've, I've been here in Atlanta for donkey's years now. <laughs> um, we've worked together. And anyway, she she brought me in for this role. And um, I, I did know that one of the producers on it too. So I got an invite. I think I put myself on tape. And then I got a call back um, down at the studio, which they built like a soundstage studio here in, um, on the east side of town. Right. And um, I went down there. It was like a, it was a, it was a, proper looking it was a dodgy looking planet it was like i don't know it might have been like a cement place where they used to make cement or something like that but it it was it was working riddled working class it was great when i walked in i was like man this is the tits and um so i i had the audition there i walked in i uh you know i i met everybody i said hello shut the director's hand um 
Eddie and um, they were taping me and um, I they, they told me to stand over there and do my slate and then we'll go into the scene. So I stood over there and then I went into character as soon as I slated, you know, and I could I could see the director after the side. He was like, he was kind of like making some movements like he was excited. <laughs> he told me, he told me that no, um, I'd be, he said it's a certain Appalachia. Right. And he said there was there was maybe one other person that came in with that, um, you know, with that dialogue. Right. And, and the dialogue that they have, the dialect using that Appalachian. And he he said, I knew I knew that you would do that. He said, oh, and talk to me about you. And um, he said, I knew you would do it. So I um, did the audition and I think I got a call before I was I was home and, and they um, they they put an offer out for me through my agent and asked me if I would I come along and yeah it was it was amazing man Eddie um, you know he he'd been working he lives in West Virginia the mm-hmm. the uh, the director mm-hmm. and he um, he'd been working with the coal mine and um, they they got us permission to go down into the coal mine which they shot all the the B roll footage everything that you see in the film is shot underneath the ground mm-hmm. um, with machinery that's all in the mines uh, wow. Wow. Yeah, and they just green screened our faces into those shots, and but everything else was shot on the soundstage here in Atlanta. But he um he, he took us down there, man, and and it was a it was it was a wild wild experience going down on that man trip in that in that I little bet. oh man, it was it was so claustrophobic and just I it it was a weird feeling. It was that left right brain thinking again, you know, I was like, sure. I, can't, I can't think about this too much. I'm going to go down and we're going to just hang out down here for a minute. And I just tried not to think about it. And, um, it was, it was crazy down there. It was so sludgy. Oh you know, yeah. It was all sludge, like mud and dirt and so noisy and lights. And, um, but that's when you got down to the working area, you, we went for probably about 30 minutes just traveling in. And it was kind of all you could hear is the the battery operated mm. uh, man trip and um, yeah, ominous man. I bet, um, man. Like I crazy. said, watching it was entirely. Yeah, I'm glad you said the filmmaking aspect of because the, the the filmmaking point of view from it and the cinematography, the realism that that film had, you literally felt like you were going down into the mine and that you were down there with the guys, and it it was just yeah. really intense and 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 hard to watch sometimes because you were like, oh my god, you know, it was yeah, yeah. I can I can imagine the pride you have being associated with that project yeah he did he did great at, at, at telling the story you know I, I was worried that there wasn't enough like getting to know the characters mm-hmm. you know there were a couple of scenes that we had to cut as in independent films you know sometimes you just have to cut corners directors calls right you know would show up would show up like the end of like the two week shoot in the last week and he's like this scene's got to go this scene's got to go and i could see the stress mm-hmm. that was there you know um but he he wrapped his brains he came up with it and he he, he 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 ultimately knew what we could live without and a lot of the 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 stuff was the relationship stuff that was above ground. There were scenes that were cut from above the ground, you know, and, and truth of the matter is you didn't really need to know all that stuff. You just need to know there's a bunch of guys down here fighting for their life and, and against against the, the, the monster of um, the uncertain mind element there. That was the monster. That was the other character um, that you see on paper, but you don't until you watch the movie and all the post-production SFX stuff that, that that really don't tie it together as a monster, but it 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 really it, it was amazing. I was so so pleased to to see how it turned out. He really took his time with that. Yeah, you know, I think it was two years before he put it out, and then 
he kept creative control of it as far as the distribution here in the US and, and it was, you know, he, he didn't see his money. He had offers on the table. He's like, he wasn't happy with him. He, he held on to it and he just kept creative licensing and I think eventually, you know, he's obviously on Netflix now. Right. But he got into Walmart and Target and everything that is generated sales-wise, I think, through the US, he's able to keep for himself because he just, he, he knew what he was doing and, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm working on a new pilot with him actually uh, starting the next month or so. Hopefully oh, awesome. all things going well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, for anybody out there listening, guys, you heard, it's it's everywhere for you to be able to see right now. And what Logan and I both, I mean, just highly, make sure you go see this film or watch this film wherever you can because it, it's an amazing, amazing film. And now watch this uh, King of Transition here, Mark. Are you ready? Okay, because yeah. you brought go up ahead. Monster. So uh, <laughs> you, you were recently on Doom Patrol as the Ringmaster and the introduction of the Monster of Dorothy. So, yeah. dude, man, that is one of my all-time favorite shows right now i just think it's so unbelievably creative and and just out there what is that experience like on set because watching it i feel like it's just full out tripping every second so like what's the set like man it's amazing mate absolutely amazing um i obviously i was in the first two episodes right you know that they they I, I actually I'm so so grateful, but it was one of the jobs that just kind of landed in in my lap. Sometimes they they happen like that, and I say landed in my lap. You you, you do a lot of work, mm-hmm. you know, and and you you build relationships over years. And and I've been here, like I say, for a long long time. I've worked with a lot of people in town here, but the casting director um, they asked for my reel, and and then they put me up for this. And um, I, I I booked it. I'd worked with the the director of the pilot episode on Stargirl. He was the he was one of the directors, but he was the DP in the pilot. Yes. And um, so he 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 saw me and he saw my reel and they brought me and he didn't even know I could do a Cockney accent at that point. <laughs> um, so I, I showed up to Shet and and you know I'm, as 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 grateful as you are for a role, it's like you show up to set and it's like, man, these guys haven't even seen me do this. <laughs> you know, there's, there's an extra level of, sometimes you get your audition, you know, you've booked it, you know, oh, cool, they like me. They like what I did. I'm going to do that. I didn't have that. Um, you know, but this character was, I mean, he was all there in the pages. Oh, yeah. And, and I have never in my life been able to lean into a character quite as much I was able to lean into this, you know, um, it was amazing. They brought me in uh, probably two weeks before principal photography began and, and they had me in the makeup chair. They were doing makeup tests. Mm. I came in with a full beard and it was like, yeah, we're going to just shave this off. <laughs> we're going to shave this off. And I, I booked uh, a Marvel gig that was supposed to shoot. I didn't know when, but it was starting to shoot like a couple of weeks after this. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I, can't, I, can't, I don't know if I can do that. I don't know if I can take it off. And he said, well, it's going to be cool if you do. I was like, well, let me make a call. Made a call. They said it was okay because it might not be shooting for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. And, right. Um, they they shaved my uh, moustache off and the center of my beard, so I had these massive chops, these massive sideboards. Right. And um, I was in and out of that makeup chair. Uh, Travis, the makeup guy, he had me in and out of there like four times doing mm. probably four or five hour makeup tests each time. So they were so very, very thorough. And while I'm in there, I'm seeing the different characters coming in. I'm seeing Dorothy coming in. And, you know, it's 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 like a circus, mate. Yeah. Shit, you know, it is just literally quite like a circus. You know, they say that, that being on set is 
is you know carny life he, he kind of really is i mean that show especially oh i bet um, <laughs> you can tell everybody carries with them a certain pride of just how weird and twisted and how original this show is that yes. they're creating yeah and 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 it, it comes out in every different element that i was exposed to you know it's just wacky and wild and walking through the soundstage seeing all the different sets that they're building like um you know that 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 matchstick set mm-hmm. tent that that was built upon set and they had the roller skating ring that they brought in and they built that on set wow they had these those little racing cars that were all built and and just it, it, it was bonkers man i had so much fun on that oh that's so fun to hear fun. man that, that, yeah. that is so, and so so okay let's let's make the transition is that how the star girl gig happened because is that how you landed on star girl i i um i had an audition for star girl um year, about a year and a half year ago mm-hmm. uh, something like that it was the end of the year i think 2018 yes 2018 december and um i had a read for it it was this guy um i forget his name it was an irish name um and he was a caretaker a janitor ah, and yeah. um he uh, was kind of losing his mind a little bit he mm-hmm. was talking to the lead role in it and they were dummy sides at the time and just kind of weird offbeat kind of piecing together things in his mind but then not having a full understanding for himself so i had i had a read and then thought nothing else of it and then um i booked another job uh, that was to shoot in alabama mm-hmm. and um i i was i was getting ready to do that when I got a call. I was doing my taxes that one day. I got a call from my agent and said that there's an offer for Stargirl. So I booked straight off a tape nice. for, for the audition that I did. Yeah, it was a weird one, man, because, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll go down the, 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 the rabbit hole of actually looking at an audition tape, and I've, I've gotten better about not doing it. But sometimes right. the ones that you really want, sometimes you reflect on, you know, it's 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 a help and a hindrance, too, I think, at times. Um but I went back into that. I was like, man, I wish I should have done this. I should have done that. And then it wasn't too far after it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go over to my friend's house. I'm going to tape this. And if nothing else, I just want to tape it and try this something different. Sure. And so I did it. I went over to his house. I was taping another audition. I said, hey, can we just go back into this and do this? And I was thinking I might send it to him, um, you know, just tweak something. And I, I did it. And I, I, I tweaked it, but I never did send it just because I didn't want to. I just kind of was like, you know what? It's all right. It is what it is. And then to have gotten the the, the call for it and and to have booked it after that tape, I was I was so so grateful. But it just goes to show, you know, you never know exactly. You, know, you never know what they're looking for, and you just kind of just 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 do the work and let it go. Um, but yeah, I booked that, and um, it, it said. In the audition sides and the breakdowns, it said, uh, I think it said recurring. I don't, I'm not sure if it was guest star recurring at that right. point, but when the offer came through, it was guest star. Mm. So um, I was like, man, that's great. And my agent said, the tough part is the last two days of your 10 day shoot in Alabama on that feature are going to be the first two days mm. of shooting Stargirl. Wow. Oh, that was yeah. a lot. <laughs> oh, mate. I was I was I was elated and hopeful that it would work out and they could work these dates out where I could do both. Right. And um, you know, I, I eventually, well, I say eventually, I I kind of had a, an inkling of what I wanted to. I've been vision boarding recurring roles in television for sure. the last four years on my vision board, like recurring role television shows, TV recurring. I didn't have too many of those 
on my resume. And um, that really helped charge my decision on which one to take that. And it was a DC show too, of course, you know, exactly. Um, so that, that, that was part of my reasoning behind wanting to do TV and, um, recurring is because, you know, the show can do so well and you can do so well, um, because of the show you're on or that the role can turn into something else that you don't, you start somewhere and you end up somewhere else. It happens all the time in television. You know, they write those episodes every week. Even while you're on set, you're well, getting rewrites. And this so. is such a great role because I'm a huge comic book geek. So, you know, I kind of – I had an idea of who your guy was before it all kind of came out. So I yeah. was super pumped anyway. But, God, Sir Justin, The Shining Knight, uh, you know, I, I, he's one of DC's, like, longest-running guys. I mean, an all-star squadron in the JSA and, like, uh, he's been around forever. And so this character, dude, uh, it's going to be – I can't wait to see you in full-out Shining Armor mode. Mode. First of yeah. all, I think it's going to be badass. Um, yeah. But, you know, this idea of coming from King Arthur's, you know, round table, and now he's stuck, you know, in modern day, and, and he's got to try to figure it all out, man. What, what, What is your approach to even go for that? And, you know, I do like that you brought up a, the DC show and the potential for there, because, you know, for anybody who doesn't know, it's switching over to the CW now as a CW original. And, I mean, it seems like if you're on the CW on a DC show, you're you're guaranteed like five years. At I least. mean, <laughs> you know, this could turn That'd into a pretty awesome. significant gig for you, my friend. It could. I hope. I'm hoping. So yeah, <laughs> never know. I mean, you never know. Easy come, easy go. At the time, that's true. You, that's you true. Know. Yeah. Going going back to um, Sir Justin's story. Yes. I I was booked as a janitor, so I showed up to set as a janitor. I looked online <laughs> at, at Justin. Right. Um, you know, and because I felt like there was something there to be offered a guest star role rather than a co star role. Seems like if he was just a janitor then he would be a co-star if he's just popping in and out mopping the floors here and there. But the fact that he's a guest star, sometimes right. something might be happening. So I looked, and I did look in, on, on the, the wiki. It popped up, um, Sir Justin. I was like, man, this might be it. This is, might be why they're looking for an Englishman here. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I didn't know going into the shoot. I, I show up on set with on, on the pilot, and Jeff Johns comes over to me, introduces himself, welcomes and welcomes me to the show and starts talking about Sir Justin and the Shining Knight and what the character means to him and um, how long he's been penning him and mm-hmm. his personal relationship with the Shining Knight and telling me about his backstory and about where he's going and um, the super suits next season. And I'm just kind of nodding my head and I'm like, yeah, oh, wow, that's cool. That's, that's, that's great. And, and I didn't know... I didn't. I didn't know how much of this was going to be like fleshed out in yeah. the show. I didn't know if any of it was going to be hinted at. I thought this was just in in the comic book world. I didn't realize this was something that was going to be coming out during the season. Right. And I'm just kind of nodding my head. It was all very, very surreal, Dustin. To tell you the truth, I was just kind of like, man, that that that's cool. That would be cool. He said, episode eleven. <laughs> episode eleven is when things really start happening for you. I was like, okay, yeah. All right, cool. Well, this was episode one. I was like, in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, does that mean I'm not coming back to episode 11? <laughs> right, like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it didn't. I was back, like, I was back every odd episode through the season. Right. And then once 11 hits, I'm, I'm in the rest of the season. So, uh, like, eight, eight, nine episodes, I think I had at the end of yeah. the season. And, so, have you suited up yet? Um, there's, there's, um, there's a little bit. 
yeah. there's a little bit of full suitedness there, I would oh, say. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Exciting but it, stuff. But it's more a reflection. Um, there's a picture that's whipped out, but it's the Seven Soldiers of Victory. Ah, there you go. Yes. And, and they, um, they they did a photo shoot with us on set in the studio there, and, and they put me in oh, shit. You know, I was in full armor. Nice. Oh, shit. Full nice. armor. And I, had, I mean, it was so heavy. No wonder you need a squire to get things. <laughs> I had I had three squires that day. I bet three, three oh, squires. Goodness. And um, yeah, it, it it was amazing. Um, yeah, I, I I can't really say what what's to come. Of, sure, uh, sure. Justin and 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 where his story goes because I I I I honestly don't know. I know how the season ends for me, and it's it's kind of um, I can say I can say bittersweet. It's going to be a bittersweet part for me, um, but but you'll you'll see what I mean when I say it. Sure, it's, um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, and and it was such a gift to have these moments in episode eleven for me. I get what I call meat and potatoes, you know. Um, <laughs> and I've been going back and forth to set every other episode. So by, by episode eleven, I knew everybody. I didn't know the director, but she was amazing. But I'm actually having these meat and potatoes with 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 Pat and with Cameron and mm. sorry, um, our man and you know sure rick um and 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 with the leads for the the rest of the show and um yeah it it, it was amazing man it, it was a it was slash is a dream come true to be on a show like this um telling stories like this that so many people are digging i mean it's, it's I, crazy oh. the speculation have you been seeing any speculation on my character yes it's funny is he courtney's dad yeah, <laughs> um, it's amazing. I gotta tell you, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be disappointed if I don't see you on your, you, you know, your faithful winged steed, my yeah. friend. I, I, oh, yeah. I, I, I want to see you riding the horse. Yeah, okay, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's gonna be brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's gonna be wicked. Well, it's I so awesome wait. to hear you talk about because you could just tell the pure enjoyment that you had doing exactly. it, and that oh, translates on, for the for the fans, man. Because I mean, like I said, this is a fun show. It's a really fun show. It's got a fun tone to yeah. it, even though it addresses some serious issues and stuff. It's really fun. So yeah. I, I could not be more happy for you, dude. And they look like movies, don't they? Every yeah, they do. Looks like a movie. Um, I was blown away um, by some of the uh, some of the um, cuts that I saw. Jeff had brought his computer just to show me a little something while we were working, and I was just kind of flabbergasted. The amount of of, of spondule that they have put down on this to make it look the way it does. It's, Absolutely, uh, it's not your average TV show, and I'm, I'm hoping that continues. I think there's a lot of money and there's a tone that's been set, so I'm hoping that they don't stray too far from that with the CW. I'm sure they won't because they know what the fans like at this yep, point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the story of, of, of Sir Justin, I mean, how he got his powers, you know, and the, the, the backstory is, it, it, it's amazing, right? It's it is. amazing getting stuck in, in, in a glacier. Yes. Um, saving Merlin. Yep. And um, blessing my horse and giving me Excalibur. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, fighting alongside Genghis Khan. Yes. Janitors. 
Um, hanging, hanging out with Sir Winston Churchill. Exactly. You were Churchill's bodyguard. I mean, come on now. (laughs) Come on, mate. There's so much, there's so much stuff that can happen here. Exactly. Exactly. And like I said, it's the CW. So now we can see it all. Just, you know, let this thing run, man. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, this, this was an absolute joy for you to come on the show and talk to us, man. But what Uh, we like to do at the end of every interview is have our guests leave a little piece of advice for the up and comers trying to break into the industry. And what pitfalls would you say to try to avoid so that they don't stumble along their way? Oh, that's great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, I would say, you know, if, if, if you're feeling like you want to um, get into the arts and, and, and be creative, I'd just say, just, just say, go for it. You can get into self, get yourself into a local class. Um, and, uh, you know, I say local, as local as you can. When I was in class there, there were people that were driving in from Alabama to be at class. And oh, wow. you have to be, you have to be committed, you know, and, and that's part of what it is. If it's something that you truly want to do, you have to be committed. And so do it, go to class, feel it out. You can audit a class for free. I'm sure if you just call up and say, hey, can I come in and check out your class? Um, That is the first place to start. Always start in the classroom because you learn so much more in the classroom than you can online or wherever. Not that you can't use that as a resource as you move forward, but in class you'll you'll meet so many people. Uh, you can network. Um, right. Uh, you know, there's there's so much about the industry that you w- will have no idea that once you get that knowledge, it steps you up a level. Uh, it makes you look a little bit more professional. So do what you can to make yourself look more professional in that regard. Pay the money for the headshots. Anything that you have to do to make that happen, like I said before, just, you know, get 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 to work on it. And, you know, if you have to deliver papers or if you have to um, go out and um, park cars, whatever it is, try and try and get a job um, that, that is flexible, that allows right. you to, to do these things that you want to do. It's that's important as well. I, I always have made sure that, you know, as as um, my career has progressed, that I'm in a position that I could say no to a job. Um, I could say no to going into work if I had a callback audition or if I had um, a, a day on set, you know. Right. You you have to uh, align yourself with people that believe in you, and so you know they can they can say, "Hey, man, we got you covered. You go do your thing." You know, you want people that believe in you, um, and that have got your back, and 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 want you to achieve your dreams. That's so important. Um, you know, if they're not on your side, they're against you. So so use that. Definitely. Um, let's see. What was the other? The, was the, other? P- the pitfalls. What would you say to try to avoid people from making mistakes? Yeah. Um, stay away from negative thoughts. Stay away from negative people. Just walk away if you can. Um, you know, um, nod your head, but then excuse yourself. You know, don't be don't be rude. Um, but but just you know, don't don't let anybody else affect your well being. Don't let anybody else affect um, your mindset you know um you can make your own decisions for yourself in a lot of things but um sometimes negative influences even positive and so do what you can to kind of put yourself a little force field up there that protects you um yeah there's 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 a lot of negativity and one way or another talking about people or, or things like that I, I i just don't like that and so you know i don't feed into it i just walk away um just 
politely. There you I go. I love that. that yeah. That's going to be a quote right there. Nod your head and excuse yourself. Exactly. I, like, I'm going to get a tattoo of that, bro, because of you. Like, right. That was so good. That was so good. Yeah, And not yeah. a better way to end it right there because, I mean, that's awesome. solid, solid advice, man. Look, open invite. Anytime you want to come back, you're more than welcome, welcome to come back and talk to us, man. Yes, uh, even just to shoot the shit, bro. You don't have yes. to have anything to promote. Just come on in and, and chat oh, with us, man. And uh, we can't amazing. wait to, to see everything that goes on with it. With, with star girl and just best of luck on the pilot and uh thank man we're so happy for you dude wicked logan and dustin thank you so much friends i appreciate you oh yes, no sir. problem appreciate you have a good one now yes and you too Cheers, thank fellas. you all right bye bye. i love that guy yeah that guy's awesome like, <laughs> he's just like what i like though is like i i think one how many times yeah, never stop learning never stop exactly. learning never stop learning and then two this is a guy like you said over a hundred credits on IMDB to his name has been doing it a while now but he talks like somebody who just started the enthusiasm exactly. and joy that he has about what he's doing sounds like it's his first day on set exactly and to have that kind of enthusiasm and joy you could just tell that's passion exactly you know so man whoo. I completely agree man I'm so happy he came on the show to promote freaking just basically everything yeah. I mean basically everything but thank you again mark ashworth for coming on the show all right guys now it is time for the top five and you don't need tissues and you don't i promise you (laughs) i promise you i know we've been getting deep the past couple weeks i know i know but this one is brought to you by our podcast producer jason who's just been rocking and rolling game of shout out at the top of the show but he's really been killing it with the top five segments in general um this one on-screen duos. Yes. Top five on-screen duos. And I mean, it was it was tough, man, because I mean, you were like, oh, is it with actors who've worked a lot together? Is it with just two actors that work really well in a specific movie? Right. And like, was it male-female? Yeah. Or was it real-life duos? Because, you know, like like um, Humphrey Bogart and, and, you know, Lauren Bacall. Yeah. Was it real-life? So he clarified for us. So it's on-screen duos. Didn't ma- matter whether it was man or woman or two guys, two women. Just, just on-screen duos. Yes. So... Now that we got yeah. that out of the way. Yes. Are you ready? I'm very ready. All right. <laughs> My number five goes back to one of the films that made me want to become a filmmaker. That I watched this and I was just like, holy shit. Like, you can really tell a story, even if it's so far out there like this, and just pitch it to a studio and have the whole world see it and have, like, this amazing success. I'm talking about... Fight Club with Tyler mm. Duran and the narrator. I mean, of course, Brad Pitt and Edward Norton. Yes. Damn, man. I mean, both of them phenomenal, stellar actors that just worked so well together. That movie's still one of my all-time favorites. Same. It, it, you know, I'm normally really good at figuring out the hook. Yeah. And I did not see it coming. Yeah. I did not see it coming. Just brilliantly done. I wholeheartedly agree with you brilliant duo i agree i want to see something with them again like i agree they deserve all right my number five should make total sense to everybody because i'm old yeah and so but i'm going with it anyway kirk and spock Mm. from the front not just from the show but i mean uh, people forget they did six feature films together with the star trek universe also so it only makes sense the forever best friendship you know as as spock would say to kirk when he was dying i have been am now and forever shall be your friend um and so it only makes sense that i would pick them because they're epic film friends yeah you want you want to hear something funny i when i was going through and 
finding all of the pictures for our uh, YouTube video for this, all of your pictures were old and grainy. Sure they were, but sure that's they fine because I'm fine. a film guy. It's fine. I'm a film guy. You know, I should say though, they're an epic duo off screen too. Yeah. You know, you, you heard all the rumors that that Shatner was hard to work with, or he was, you know, blah. blah. But Nimoy and Shatner were like best friends, yeah. and, and had a mutual respect and friendship for in the entire time until Nimoy died. So yeah, just cool. Good to hear, man. Good to hear. Um, my number four is Danny Ocean and Rusty Ryan, George Clooney and Brad Pitt. These two mellow, cool, laid-back motherfuckers that just, like, just steal the fucking camera every time they come on screen. Like, your eyes are locked on these two, especially when they have scenes and dialogue together. They're so fucking good. And then you throw fucking Julia Roberts in the mix. It's so good. This film has such an A-list cast, like Bernie Mac and fucking... Yeah, it's just so good. Yep. It's a remake. Whatever. Because I'm old. Yeah, you are. Uh, I mean, <laughs> most uh, to be fair, most people had no idea that was a remake. Yeah, I know. But but it was. But I agree with you, and I see a theme going with Pitt. Yeah. I, I see a theme going. It's yeah. all right. It's it's Brad Pitt. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean there, there should be a theme going. It's <laughs> Brad Pitt. Like, I mean, come on. Uh, my number four, Doc and Marty. Oh, of course. Back to the Future. Of course. One of the most epic on-screen duos ever. Ever. Like, I just, I, I love, so many stories about, you know, Michael J. Fox wasn't even the original Marty. Yeah. Like, like, you know, there's so many different things going on with that franchise. Uh, you know, what you hear, what you don't hear. But these two were the epitome of perfect casting when it all came together I and agree. it happened. And I just don't think you're going to get that chemistry again. I mean, Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, just brilliant together. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they came back and did like a little skit and fucking, what was it, Jimmy Fallon or yes. uh, Jimmy Kimmel, one of them. And I think I just every time they're together, it's so awesome. And that Doc does not die. He's never gonna die. No, I mean he like <laughs> he's pretty much looked exactly the same since the first Back to the Future yeah, movie in like '85. Like, yeah, and I loved him. I just think he's a brilliant actor. Jim Ignatowski on Taxi. Yeah, you know. Oh. Get okay. I mean, yeah. he's just so good, you know? I just, I love that guy. Definitely, definitely. Well, number three for me, this is by no surprise. Everybody listening to this podcast knows I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. So, of course, I have to put on there Jay and Silent Bob, yes. Kevin Smith, and Jason Mewes. They've done so many freaking movies together, and rightfully so, because not a lot of people know the backstory of that. He was literally trying to put Jason Mewes in as many of his movies as he could so this man would not go go out, be alone, and do drugs. Even though he did that, he basically I stole from fucking Kevin Smith, stole from everybody. Everybody cut Jason Mewes out of their life, but not Kevin Smith. He was always bringing that motherfucker back in, always trying to get him clean. And, I mean, he is the reason Jason Mewes is alive today. Yep. And so, like, the on-screen dynamic between Jay and Silent Bob and then the real-life friendship between this two is just amazing. Yeah. And it's perfect to have on the list. Yeah. It's an inspiring story for sure and goes a long way to tell you what kind of a guy Kevin Smith is. Yeah, agreed. I mean, just just fantastic. Um, my number three, one of the most <laughs> epic westerns of all time. Yeah. And I, I, I watch it every time I see it that it comes on. I'm talking about Butch and Sundance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Paul Newman and Robert Redford, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. I mean, still one of my favorite 
films of all time. They also did The Sting together, which is another epic classic film that that's just like super awesome. Yeah. You know, you know, everybody plays that fucking song on the piano, you know, from The Sting. Yeah. But yeah, just an epic on-screen duo. But I I think seriously one of the best westerns ever shot, and and the teamwork and just that scene where they jump off the cliff and shit together, just brilliant. That's definitely one of my must see. I still haven't seen that one. I mean, it's old. It's old. But I that I mean, so many people have talked about that one, and I mean, of course, you talk about it all the time. So like, yeah, that's definitely one I need to see. What? It's classic. It's classic. That's what they say. Yeah, but okay. It's, but it's right. old. That's not old. It's pretty old. Right. <laughs> How old is Robert Redford? In his nineties. Hey man, he was still good for the MCU. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Like, and Paul Newman, although has passed. Still has a hell of a fucking marinara sauce. Yeah. And salad dressing Agreed. and all kinds of shit. Agreed. Just saying. Yeah. Uh, number two, <laughs> number two for me, uh, not the real life people because this is this movie was based on real life people. Crooks, I might say. Crooks. Um, Jordan Belfort and Donnie Azoff. In the movie, Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill for Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. These two acting together. Jonah Hill is also one of my favorite actors, and I didn't want to throw another Brad Pitt movie up there, so I didn't throw <laughs> up Moneyball with Jonah Hill and Brad Pitt. But just the the chemistry these two had on set and on screen like is honestly amazing. So it was great to see. And it's Martin Scorsese. What the hell? It's a great freaking movie. And it's Margot Robbie. Yeah. Like – Mm. Enough said. No, yeah, enough said on she that was one. my favorite part of that movie. Yeah. I, I liked the movie. I enjoyed the movie. And like you said, it was a true story. And so, you know, kind of a thing. But for me, it's always just going to be Wall Street. Yeah. Wall Street yeah. is my movie for that type of a storyline yeah. and everything. So, you know. But agreed. I think they're an epic on screen duo. Yeah. And I, yeah, you should have gone with Brad Pitt. And, and you know, I, I mean, it would have been a good But I, I wouldn't know who to take off. It's true. Yeah, you know, like I really wouldn't have. God, now I want to watch Moneyball though. That just that was a great. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. Speaking of great movies, maybe not necessarily you know always great guys, but great movies (laughs) nonetheless and great actors. My number two on screen duo, Merton Riggs from Lethal Weapon. Man, I mean, come on. These guys are hilarious in these movies. The movies are epic. They're doing another one. We, we talked about that yeah. on the show several months back. They're doing another one. Everybody's coming back. Uh, and now that apparently, you know, Scorsese was able to drag Pesci out of, you know, right. under the rock, maybe he'll come back for it. That'd he was badass. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be so good. But, yeah, I mean, these movies are the epitome of teamwork and buddies and, you for know, sure. lifelong friends and kind of, a you know, and the back and forth dynamic and just, yeah, one of my all-time favorite. Yeah, not a lot videos. of people know you met Danny Glover. I did meet Danny Glover, and um, it was an interesting conversation, to to say the very least. Yeah. Um, uh, just good. I mean, it was about the Boys and Girls Club. He was there to help open a Boys and Girls Club and uh, does a lot of charity work and a lot of stuff with community and everything. Um, I was a scattered, busy day for Danny yeah. Glover that day. Well, I'm just press gonna, always is. Just gonna say that, yeah. and uh, you know, but very kind, a very genuine man. You know, took the time to come talk to me, and uh, we talked for several minutes. Talked about Crazy Ant and and you know his career and and stuff, and me getting started in the career and everything. Very generous guy, nice guy. Definitely, definitely. Well, now my number one, Rick Dalton and Cliff Booth, Leonardo yes. DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, uh, these two are literally 
my one and two favorite actors. So it makes sense for for them to finally be in a movie together and just like blow it out of the water. Honestly, I mean everybody knows Brad Pitt won best supporting actor for this movie. Honestly, Leo should have won best actor, but it's fine. It's fine. Joaquin got a little crazy <laughs> for Joker, so yes. it makes sense. It makes sense. But this was just such a fucking great movie. And then you throw in Quentin Tarantino and Margot Robbie again. <laughs> yes, yes. And Spencer Garrett. And Spencer Garrett. And Spencer Garrett. Spencer Garrett worked with him on this and way back on television in Dallas. Dallas. When, like, Brad Pitt was a wee youngin'. Like, nobody even knew who he was. Yeah, he talks point. about that in our first interview. With yeah, him. it's an interesting story. It's a really fun story. You guys should go back and listen to Hell that. yeah. That's a great on-screen duo, though. I mean, the way – the whole thing, when he tries to fire him at the end because he can't afford him anymore and he's like, I'm not leaving you. I don't I'm care. Still you here, me, yeah. I'm still here, yeah. You know, just an epic, epic story. Brilliant performances. I love that. So – this next one from childhood all the way up to adulthood and everywhere in between. They've, I mean, you're gonna know, you're gonna love, and you're gonna agree. My number one, Buzz and Woody. Yes. Like, is there a more epic on-screen duo than Buzz and Woody? I don't know. It's hard to match I, right uh, there. That man. is hard. That is hard. It's hard to match. So. Woo! I mean, come on. To infinity and beyond. From from the first get-go from the movie and how that's – the jealousy and, like, the whole dynamic of their relationship, how it changes over yeah. the scope of the movies and how the true friendship and bond is, is put together and everything like that. It's just absolutely brilliant. Have you got a chance to watch the fourth one yet? I have not. Disney Plus, bro. Okay. It's well, good. See, gotta it's do good. it. It is good. It's a good send-off to Woody. Uh, spoiler alert, but I'm sure a lot of people knew that. <laughs> we said no tissues for this one, bro. Uh, but, yeah, that's just – the, that those pair right there, those two guys, uh, Tim Allen and Tom Hanks, like especially when I was growing up, when they were both like at the fucking top of the top, yeah. Like that's a great casting, especially for animated. And when they do press runs, it's always fun. Yeah, and and just nailed the characters. Yeah, I mean they are the epitome of the characters. Two people that you would think side by side would be like what? Yeah, but just killed it. Man. Yeah. Just killed it. I agree. But thank you guys for listening to the Top 5 episode. If you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. If you're listening on the podcast, be sure to go back and watch the video on YouTube. Because, <laughs> you know, we get a little crazy. And he'll put up the grainy old pics. It's yeah, fantastic. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and she should like and subscribe. Do all that good stuff. We right. appreciate you. Great Top 5. Now, time for the box office recap. Yeah. That's a little Shatner for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Jim, we're uh, podcast hosts. Right, like, damn it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, number one this week was The Rental with mm. $403,000. Uh, mm. The Big Ugly came in at number two with $152,000. Relic was number three with $67,000. The Wretched came in at uh, $20,500. Uh, $1,000 and followed uh, comes in at $5,000. Yeah. Mm. $5,000. It kind of sucks. Like the, the fucking nostalgia movies were up there one week, like, and then they just faded away. I know. I know. We supposedly Regal and AMC are opening. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. And it's been pushed back like three <laughs> fucking times. But we understand everybody's got to stay safe. Yes. But, I mean, we, <laughs> we are a victim of movie pass it's true so and we finally found a cure with regal yes and now we can't yeah no regal unlimited is so badass when they finally do reopen it's gonna be epic to use it again yeah but man we were loving it we were going just non-stop just going and now no 
No. no. Yeah, fuck you, crazy. COVID. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, COVID. <laughs> and fuck you, Movie Pass. That's right. Oh my goodness. Now it is time for the IMDb Pro top trending segment. We haven't said fuck you, Movie Pass in a long time. I know. It felt good, it didn't did it? It did feel like, good. Fuck you, Movie Pass. It's still there. Oh it is. my goodness. Uh, <laughs> now it is time for the IMDb Pro. DB Pro Top Trending Segment. Everybody knows we love this freaking app. We're on this app. The company's on this app. Myself and Dustin and everyone associated with us is on this app. You can track the latest and greatest stars. You can track our projects, anyone else's projects. You can track our podcast, any other body's podcast. Every episode of this podcast, every guest we've ever had, every co-host we've ever had, everything. It's on there. It's on there. It's crazy. It's such a one-stop shop, great app to help you break into Hollywood. It's true. Uh, the top trending movie is still Netflix's The Old Guard yeah. with uh, Charlize Theron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She'd be another great one to have on the show. She would be. She'd be fun to talk like, to. Like so badass. This is uh, – uh, well, from what people are saying, this is the female version of Extraction, mm-hmm, which, I mean, mm-hmm. was Netflix's number one movie. We, number, uh, by a landslide. Yeah, so, I mean, congratulations to them. Uh, the top trending TV show is Cursed, which is also a Netflix television project. They are trending like fucking crazy. Yeah, I mean, we, I, we're skeptical sometimes of Netflix because they're always like, oh, we're going to cancel stuff out of after four seasons, after three seasons, after two seasons, limited series, blah, 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 blah. But I will say they always have new stuff that people are talking about. Yeah, and and, and Cursed is one of those shows. I think it's like Robin Hood era type show mm, yeah. um, that definitely looks fantastic. And it only makes sense that the star, number one star this week, Catherine Lankford, because she stars in Cursed. Yeah. So um, I, I kind of want to check it out. I want to see it. I do too. Just to like at least watch the pilot, see what it's about. And I mean, I also I also want to watch a dark. Every time that there's a trending TV show that mm. I mean we haven't seen yet, I mean it's always worth giving it a shot. And maybe maybe Catherine Langford came out this week too and said she she wants another crack at playing Tony's grown up daughter. Yes. So like bring her back, guys. Come on. Agree. And we should say maybe Haley Steinfeld makes watch her star meter. Let's see if she jumps up right. or down. She has apparently we didn't put this in there, but we just saw she has apparently officially signed on for Hawkeye for mm. the Hawkeye series. She will be playing Kate Fantastic. Bishop. So that's exciting. Very so exciting. So she should skyrocket there. That's been long in the making right there. So. Right. Woo. So good, man. So good. But thank you guys for getting a little crazy with us on episode 123 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Another great milestone. Every episode is a milestone, personally. <laughs> honestly. I mean, just especially to get through the names. I mean, we've been doing this for three years, and I think that's the best it's been so far. I'm just saying. So I'm very proud of that. Um, I, we would like to thank our guests one more time for coming on the show. <laughs> Mark Ashworth. That's an easy one. Ashworth is an easy Easy one. Yeah. It's okay. Be sure to follow him on social media. <laughs> I believe it's Mr. Mark Ashworth yes. on uh, Instagram and Twitter. Such a great guy. We appreciate him for coming on the show and talking about Stargirl and so many other things. Be sure to follow the company on social media at Crazy Ant Media and be sure to follow the podcast on social media, ItCalf Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that, that's been ramping up, man. I'm really happy yeah, with those are too. at. And I mean, we're gaining new fans through the new uh, social media media platforms so i'm very very happy with exciting that exciting stuff me exactly too. and of course be sure to follow us both personally myself at jlo fantastic 
and crazy ant guy, 1970. Oh, boy, oh, boy. May or may not be my birth year. May, you know. We don't you know. know. I mean, we don't know. everybody knows he's old. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so many more. And you guys know that you can watch this episode on YouTube. Be sure to like this video, hit that subscribe button, ring Ring that that bell bell. to get all the (laughs) notifications that we post on our YouTube channel because you guys got to stay up to date with Crazy Ant Media because we get fucking crazy. It's true. We do. Exactly. And of course, be sure to visit our website, crazyantmedia.com, where you can start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. There's so much things available on there. We got stuff. For your grandma, your son, your daughter, you, yourself, your twin, anybody and everybody, we got it for you, man. I just got to say, <laughs> my favorite part about the episode was not butchering as many names as I thought I was going I'm gonna, to. I'm going to design a crazy ant hooked on phonic shirt for <laughs> you. You should. You should. And you can type in names. Yeah, in it'll fucking... be horribly misspelled names, you know, with pronunciation things on That'd it. That'd be great. It'll be great. <laughs> I love that you own it, though. You're oh, like, yeah. fuck it. I just can't say names. It is it's what great. it is. It is what it That's is. That's always one of my favorite parts of the show. <laughs> and I loved Ashworth because I'm a comic book geek. So yes. hearing him talk about Doom Patrol and Stargirl and all that amazing stuff. And just what a wonderful, just class act guy. That was really fun. And, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, the Emmys. Reese Witherspoon, we love you. We do. Come on we the show, Reese you. Witherspoon. We promise. We know you. all your shows got nominated, but we wanted you to get nominated. Exactly. Too. But I mean, yeah, I'm very happy with how this episode went. I also really enjoyed the Netflix segment, especially the Millie Bobby Brown stepping behind the camera and helping produce things because, like, she, I think she's gonna have a long-lasting career in Hollywood. I think so too. Long, I think I can totally see her after she's done in front of the camera, moving behind the camera permanently, yeah. and just kicking ass. I agree. Um, you know, we a lot of producing stuff right now, but I bet she makes transition to director as well. And think how much she can learn from Bateman by teaming up with him on these things. Exactly. So. Exactly. And I mean, of course, of course, Apple made a very smart decision with, <laughs> with giving the, the only, only O that, that matters, matters another shot at being in front of the camera. Oh, bro!